Well, hey there, and welcome once again to the Great Stories Podcast. I'm your host for the show, Ryan Weber. I came up with this thing, and I love it. I'm so glad that you have clicked on this episode. Uh, What you're listening to is a podcast where I sit across the table from another human being, and we get to know who they are, hear some of their thoughts, their philosophies on life, their highs, their lows, but most of all, how they came to know Christ and what it's looked like to follow him in the context of their real life. Uh, I believe that there is a God, and He's beautiful, and He loves us so much, and He leads people, He nurtures people, and He creates a very unique and inspiring story with anyone. And uh, the goal here is that we just get to take a real authentic look into someone's life. We don't script anything, we don't cut anything together, I don't edit anything, we don't even talk ahead of time half the time, (laughs) we just kind of sit down and we start letting it happen. Uh, And I'm so glad that you are tuning in today. If you like what you hear and you'd like to support the show, there's a couple ways to do that. Uh, The first way is to go to patreon.com and throw a few bucks down the way. Podcasting is shockingly cheap, but it does cost a little bit. And just the more uh, financial support I have, the more often I can do this and the better it will sound and all that kind of stuff. I can take trips out to see people and you know how it goes. Anyway, uh, another way you can support the show is by sharing the episodes. Uh, if you're listening on an Apple podcast or Spotify or Stitcher or one of these one of these apps, uh, you give it a five-star rating and you can cut and paste and share all these episodes all over the place on Facebook and all that too. And that just helps the episodes show up quicker as people are searching for the episodes. And uh, again, if you hear something that you like and it reminds you of someone else, cut that bit out or just send them the whole podcast and tell them what point you want them to listen to uh you know so yeah anything anything you do to help the show it would be awesome because i want this word to get out not so i'll be great or so my podcast will be great but so that the, the lord jesus christ name will be known and his actions will be heard uh all right moving on today i got to sit down uh with a fellow that that i met several years ago and just have encountered all over the place and our paths keep to seem to keep crossing and i just thought he's a real fascinating dude he'd be good to talk to and i wasn't disappointed we we went all over the place today we we talked about everything from like ministry to just authenticity in the church what our thoughts about how churches are going to reopen after the shutdown uh we even got into just a little bit of like how they messed up thor's character in the last uh Endgame movie. <laughs> we, we went all over the place. I hope you enjoy the conversation. It was super fun to have. Uh, this is my talk with my buddy Jason Wigand, and I hope you enjoy listening as much as we enjoyed recording. Here we go. I have to have you sign my front door before you leave. Yeah? Yeah, that's a rule. Okay. It was over. You can't see it, but there's like 270-something signatures on really? the, the inside of my front door. It's you fun. said 270-something? 70-something. Can I be 75? I Well, you'd have to 275. count. 275? You'd have to count. 
<laughs> I think I'm I think I'm gonna write number two seventy five. You can claim it. That's yeah. fine. No one else has claimed a number. That's that's interesting. I, just, I was number one. That, well, so of course, my house. <laughs> I just feel like there's something about two seventy five, right? Think about it. Two seven. 275 i don't know i'll i'll figure it out there's a, good a sermon weight. there's a yeah that's a good weight it's a good yeah. weight i'd like to get there yeah that's a that's a good uh that's a good bench yeah, 275 that's a good bench. It's a good bench. It's not bad yeah i'm trying to get down to 275 yeah yeah have is the uh covid uh uh encouraged you or <laughs> hampered your success you know i've been my eating discipline has been weak mm-hmm. honestly mm-hmm. and and it's like I don't know. I've I've been eating things that I normally wouldn't. Like I'll make like stir fry and uh, t- t- today for dinner I made orange chicken. Mm. I never make orange chicken at home. <laughs> I don't <laughs> know why t- I did that. Today's the day. And even while I'm eating it, I'm like, why am I doing this? Why am I eating orange? This isn't chicken? even good. I don't yeah. even like it, but uh-huh. I ate it all. I ate the whole package. Doesn't that suck when like you you, you make a meal and you've gone <laughs> you've taken the the energy to. To make a meal and you sit down, you're so excited. You've got Cheers playing on the TV. Yeah, you're ready to watch. And just I don't know, whatever you watch, okay. and then and then you just take a bite and you just go, man, this I could have gone to McDonald's for five ninety nine. I could have been happy right now. I wasted all that time. <laughs> well, I had to redeem it because last time I tried to make the orange chicken, I burnt it. Oh. I still ate that the whole thing, also, but I ate it burnt. even though it was burnt. Yeah, I ate it. <laughs> I- <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna not eat it, but like I'm just screw it. I'm gonna eat it. I'm not gonna because you don't want to throw it away. You don't yeah. want to waste, right? Right. In my mind, I was eating the effort that I put into it before I burnt it. It was like out of appreciation to myself. I can respect that for my hospitality. I, yeah. I ate it. It's like you know, if someone brings you burnt food at their house, you're mm-hmm. not like, oh, you this, have to eat this it. This is burnt. So I did that for me. I didn't want to hurt my own feelings. Have you ever been in that spot before? You've been at somebody's house, like you went to go, like to a friend's <laughs> house, a girlfriend's house, or or like or the word. I I use the word worst, but I use it as care as best I can, like on a missions trip, where, <laughs> right, right. You know, you sit down and you're just like, oh dear God. What art thou having me eat in front of me right now? <laughs> Deliver thine servant away from this table. Why have you cursed me? <laughs> Ugh. Yeah, no, I, I've, been, I've been in those spots, and you're just like, just eat it. Just you just got to do it. Yeah, just eat it. It won't kill you. No. no well, not right away. At not least. right away. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on which continent you're on. Ugh. That could come with, just don't drink the water. Just don't drink the water. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. How old are you? I just turned forty. Uh, forty. Okay. The end of uh, the end of twenty nineteen. Two I weeks before. I couldn't remember. I knew you were older than me, but I didn't know how much. Okay, forty. Yeah, I just turned forty. Um, my wife was gonna throw me a. Uh, well, she. We were just talking about it tonight. She was oh. gonna throw me like this big. 40th birthday party this summer. My birthday's in the winter, but she was going to throw me a big 40th. You would have gotten invited, by the way. Oh, um, yeah. wow. Uh, Honored. Uh, we'll see. But since the uh, shelter in place, yeah. you can't go outside, no people, whatever, that all got. So I might have a big birthday party at 41, uh, but we'll see. Who knows? Uh, she keeps talking about it. That's sort of like it's over. You know, it... <laughs> she... 
It happened. I wouldn't be surprised if. Don't be surprised if, like, in six months to a year, I'll you go. Get, you, oh, I know you will. I'll go. But... I'm just saying, just don't be surprised if you're like, oh, okay, Michelle Wigan was not going to let this go. <laughs> she will celebrate her husband's getting well. That's into good. She she's proud that you survived this yeah. long. That's great. Of course, by the time I by the time that party happens, it'll also be her 40th birthday, and then we'll have to have. I'll have to yeah. share it. Which no, no, she'll want her own. There's no way you'll get a joint party. I, I've get okay. out of here. Well, I, I have. Okay, so when she turned thirty, I my idea was I'm gonna invite all your friends. You know, we're gonna have a great time, big part, not a big party, and uh, I. But I, I just in my mind, I was like, don't make you can't make it a surprise. So you need to ask her about it. So I just went to her about six months before. I said, hey, I'm thinking about doing this, this, and this big party for your your thirtieth, and she just looked at me. Uh uh-uh. uh that's not what I want for my 30th birthday that I don't I don't want a big party I don't want a big whatever so so I don't know if I'm going to have to share things may have you know that was 8, 9, 10 years ago so things might be different in a year from now when she turns 40 but maybe we'll see I don't know are, are ladies more sensitive about 40 I think so is that a big deal for I, them I, I think so I think, I think so. so I you know I, I it doesn't bother me I don't know how old are you 37. Yeah. yeah. Like 40. I don't know. I feel like I'm in a better spot now than I was like. Yeah. I don't know. I think I'm enjoying life more. Let me rephrase that because I think I said that the wrong way. <laughs> what I what you heard me say was I'm in a better spot. What I meant to say was though my body may not be right. uh, responding the same way. <laughs> uh, I feel like yeah. I am enjoying life a little bit more now than I was 10 years ago. I think you know how. You kind of learn, like, oh yeah. I've well, discovered yeah. that I'm I'm starting to become more set in my ways, mm-hmm. and and I'm okay with it. Mm-hmm. Like before, that was like, ew, no, like I'm not going to be that guy. Mm-hmm. But now that I'm like, okay, I'm late thirties, I'm a grown up. Like it's okay <laughs> now for me to say I don't like that. Yeah, <laughs> like I've tried it. Yeah, I was open minded. Yeah, I've I've not, you know, but yeah, I don't like it. But that's the thing, though, and you said it. I've tried it. I've tried it. I've done it. I know that I'm not missing something or I'm not just, I had, it's not like I've heard wrong. Yeah. You know, I know, you know, and then whatever it is, like, I don't, I don't need to do that anymore. I'll never forget. I was, when I was still a youth pastor about, I think this was about five or six years ago. Okay. To me, we were doing this, uh, this big, like beginning, beginning of the summer, junior high, like kickoff thing. Yeah. And we're doing it up, uh, three crosses church in Castro Valley. And they set up this this long slip and slide <laughs> on in their parking lot, um, and they put. I mean, this thing was this thing was a hundred feet long, oh, and awesome. they and they like ten feet wide or whatever. And they they bought um, insulation bats, right? Oh, nice. And they put it. That's it's how they. Cushy. So yeah, so you could run and jump onto the pavement, and you didn't you know, <laughs> kill yourself. But I think I was thirty five at the time, okay. and. So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm there as youth pastor and I've got my, my people there and they're watching. Yeah. And they also, oh, they also covered this thing with soap. So you nice. could really slide. And oh. I just thought, and I didn't even bring my suit cause I just knew I'm not doing this. So me and another youth pastor are standing there and we're just talking and, uh, and his, some of his kids and some of my kids run up to me and they're like, Jason, Jerry, how come you guys aren't going to slip and slide? You guys go to go to slip and slide. Yeah, peer pressure. Yeah. You know, and I'll never forget it. And Jerry... <laughs> Jerry Lester, he's two years older than me, and but he just kind of looked at them, looked at me, and he said, "You know, I've gotten to a certain age where 
I don't have to do that anymore. Yes. I I don't I don't have to uh, go down the slip and slide. Maybe ten years ago, five years ago, maybe. But I'm just I don't need to do that anymore. And I I remember hearing it going, "You can do that," because <laughs> you know he was two years older than me. And I, you yeah, can, yeah. You, oh wow! And so after like this, that, this new power has come over you. Oh like, my oh, gosh, man! What can I be grumpy about? <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> You know, for me, it's board games. Oh, really? That's that's just recently. Just I've, not I finally into it. I finally decided that I don't I don't want to play board games. Yeah. And people who like board games don't understand at all. They're just like, how? Like, come on! Just and they was trying to get you to do it, and I would always do it, and I'd always suck, and I don't enjoy it because they know it. I don't. They're trying to teach me, so they explain the rules. Yeah. Like. For two minutes, they're just like, you put this here, you put that there. Yeah. If you roll this, you get a that, and you get a this, and here's the strategy. And I'm just like, I don't, I have no idea what you just said. Well, and the whole and time it, they're like, oh, it's going to take you like five times playing it before you really get it and have fun. You're like, ah. No, I, I want to do it even yeah. less now. Yeah. I've, <laughs> like, I have to suck at this for longer. Is there a way that like, I can lose now and I, so I can yeah. get out and go watch Home Improvement or something? Right. Because I would much rather do that. Than... So my, my new strategy <laughs> is I'll, I'll sit at the table. Yeah. I will comment on everything i'll be engaged in the conversation sure but I'm i'll even playing. watch you guys play and like root for and you root for you and, and, and make jokes and it'll help, be great help one guy cheat the yeah, whole time it'll be great yeah but i'm not doing this but i don't want to play i feel like yeah. with board games people either i don't know if there's a middle road with board games I, in my experience people either like really enjoy them or just are like nah, nah, <laughs> no I'd, I'd rather not yeah, and that's me. And, and Cards. maybe card games too. Okay. Actually. Maybe there is some like mushy middle, you know, yeah. as Tim Keller says, mushy middle. But mm. uh, it's deep. But, yeah, especially talking about board games. Yeah. I'm sure he would probably say that. <laughs> but um, I don't know if there's like a, a huge like the you know the way the curve goes. Normally the curve is in the middle. Yeah. But this one's like what do you call that one? Is that is that an ellipse? No, it goes uh, and then there's a valley, and then it goes back a, up again. It's a peak. A peak, peak and a valley. Yeah. Well, there's a peak and a valley and a peak. Yeah. Like there's a yeah. <laughs> I don't like board there's, games either. There's not much middle ground. Your your enthusiasm is extreme mm-hmm. when I'm yeah. And it, that's probably saved me a lot of like <laughs> losses in Vegas actually too, because those are all just those are all board games. They're all basically board games. Board games, card games. Right. And those are for sure fixed, so you lose and feel bad. Yeah. They're just not attractive. Yeah. No thanks. I've only played. I've I've been to Vegas, uh, one time, and oh. my Michelle and I went. This is my wife. Uh, we went there before we were married, which I know sounds weird, but we had some friends. And you, that, and you came home married. We came home unmarried. <laughs> okay. Although, dude, I was digging on her hard, and I was like, "Hey, we could just go take care of this right now," you know. And she's like, she kept looking at me like, "If you say that again, uh, we are not going to ever take care of this. the house of wax. They do weddings." <laughs> so we go. So we go there and. We're visiting some friends who moved to Henderson, and um, they're like, you guys got to go to the Strip. Have you ever been to the Strip? No. You guys go to at least once. And I was yeah. like, well, I'm not going during at night. No, no, no. Don't go at night. Go during the day. <laughs> so we show up there, and uh, on the way over, I am, my phone rings, and it's my mom. I'm like, what? Hey, mom. You know, oh, how's Vegas? I'm like, uh, it's fine. <laughs> she says, you're not going to believe this, but your grandparents are on like a senior citizen bus tour Oh yes, and they're staying at Caesar's Palace, 
And I'm like, what? So I get the room number. We go up to their room and we're hanging out with my grandparents. And uh, we're just, you know, chilling, hanging out. And, and then they're like, oh, we're going to go down to the casino. Do you guys want to come with us? And I was like, oh, I don't, I don't have any money to gamble. Grandma, what, right. what am I going to do? And my grandpa's like, look, I'll front you. And, you know, just I want you guys to, you know, do this. All right. So he gives <laughs> he gives me 20 bucks. He gives Michelle 20 bucks. And he's like, look, you know, if you've never done this, do you feel confident you go to the, the card table? I'm like, mm, not really. Right. He's like, all right. So. He goes to play blackjack. That's his thing. And he, we go, you know, get the tokens or whatever. I don't remember how it works. And we go to the slots. And 20 bucks, gone, five minutes. Mm-hmm. It's gone. Yeah. And I'll never forget it. At the end of it, I thought, oh, I just, I bet if I just put in another 20 bucks. <laughs> That's all it took. But I lost the money. They had you. So I go find my grandpa, and, or I find my grandma, and she's like, how'd it go? And I said, well, I, don't, I, I lost it all. It's all gone. She goes, well, go see your grandpa. I'm like, okay. So I go over. He gives me another 20 bucks. Oh, no. And gone. Five minutes. Gone. And he comes over from the blackjack table to see how I'm doing. And he says, how, well, how's it going? And I said, well, I lost 40 bucks, and it's your money, so sorry, you know. And he goes, huh. So he pulls out one of his tokens, one of his little $1 tokens or whatever it was. He puts it in the same slot machine that I was just at, pulls the lever, wins 10 grand. No way. Right there. 10 grand. 10 grand. And I, I, and I remember thinking, in my, yeah, in my, in, my, in my lizard brain at the moment, I thought, yeah. oh, well, clearly he's going to give me the money because I was just here and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> no. And that's not how it happened at all. That. Not at all. He gave you another twenty. He gave me. <laughs> he's like, well, I hope you had a good time in Vegas. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, that's enough to make a gambler out of you, dude. I, I'll be honest. Like I, I at that, you know, I'd never had any kind of inclination to go gamble. Yeah. But I felt that just one more dollar, one more twenty, one more, just ten more minutes. I'm gonna win yep. it all back. I'm gonna win. It. And it was, it was strange. You know, there, there are some very smart people that get paid a lot of money to figure out how to make you feel exactly that way. Right. That's their job. Mm-hmm. How mm-hmm. often should that little light flicker? What mm-hmm. color should it be? Yeah. How far apart should the machines be? Yeah. How tall should the chair be? How ugly should the carpet and the right and the and the Everything. ceiling be so the that you thing. look? All you do is look that you know straight ahead. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's so, it's a science, man. Yeah. Didn't work on me though. Well, good. I lost. I think. Yeah, I did it one time. I played blackjack. I lost forty-two dollars. <laughs> right away. Yeah. I was like, well, well, tried that. Tried that. Where's the buffet? <laughs> where's that orange chicken? <laughs> where's my orange chicken? Yeah, if I'm gonna lose my money, I at least want to walk away with something. Full belly. Yeah, bigger <laughs> butt. <It's> me. <laughs> yeah, dude, it was great to see your wife. Uh, what eight weeks ago now? How, yeah. how long ago was that? That was. Yeah, I'm trying to remember why they got to go to resonate that morning. They said you. You were visiting somewhere else, and they decided oh, to visit I remember. There. So I was preaching at a church in... It was actually a week before everything shut down. Yeah. It was March right. 8th. It was, it was the 8th. And right. um, it was a church in San Ramon, and a uh, small church, and they had lost their pastor, and they... Um, the, a friend of a thing and they got mm. my number and just said hey we just need somebody to fill the pulpit can you come fill the pulpit on march 8th okay and uh, so yeah i was there that sunday and their service was like at eight in the morning and that was it and so i was gone uh, from, i was gone from my church that sunday and yeah completely and i just said what you know it's a it was a very small church and i said why don't you guys just, why don't you guys go to resonate just <laughs> just go just go that was fun 
And so um, it was. She she loved being there. The kids would not stop talking. Yeah. About res kids. I wish I'd known when they got there. Mm. Because I, you know, there's like a like a little kid storm. Mm-hmm. They're everywhere. Yeah, yeah. And I might catch a first name, but if I'd seen the last name on the tag, I, sure. I would have paused. Yeah. So they you have it. how many how many kids you have in total? Three kids. Three. Three. I have a eight year old daughter who's about to turn nine. Okay. Seven-year-old son who has almost no teeth on his top <laughs> row in the front because <laughs> he did he knock him out. Or he did. Oh, he no. did. He he. We were in uh, Truckee in January, and he and his little buddy were having. They decided they wanted to. There were some stairs in this house we were staying in, so they decided they were going to jump off the stairs. And so they get on the first step, jump second, then they get on the second step and jump, and they just kept going. <laughs> <laughs> as seven-year-olds do yeah. and he the last one it was probably like only five or six stairs but he jumped and his his face came down right on his knee and knocked oh his own knee yeah his own knee and he knocked one of his baby front teeth out um oh. knocked one of his baby front teeth out and then the other one though went <laughs> like at a 45 degree angle so so one got knocked out, and the other one's now at a 45. Oh. So he just looked... I love my son. I love my son, but he looks <laughs> ridiculous. And then just last week, he lost another one. Not the snaggle tooth, but he lost another one on the front. Just natural. Just naturally. Okay. And then, he, or, and then before that, he lost one on the bottom. So he looks like <laughs> we let him watch Breaking Bad um, or something like that. You know what? You, you need to like make some fake uh, like shrimp commercials or something. Like have him sell, <laughs> have him sell a, a shotgun, you know? <laughs> Hello, friends. <laughs> This is my new shotgun. Hi, friends. It's so, so like, tonight, I, I felt so bad for him. <laughs> lunch today, I'm making his lunch. Or he, he made his own lunch. And, you have to and puree it all for him. <laughs> if he, when he loses that front tooth, I'm like, how? Okay, so he wants to eat an apple. And he has to take the apple and eat it on his side like this. I felt so bad, so I cut up the uh, I, I cut up the thing. And then, so we're having chicken wings for dinner tonight. And he's, like, using his little snaggle tooth. digging into it (laughs) oh that's his bottle opener right there oh gosh yeah (laughs) anyway so his name's judah dang it great kid first grade and my oldest is her name's torin she's third grader so those were the two that were with me that yeah 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 yeah. yeah. and then my youngest her name's reagan she is three she is a great little girl and um Yeah, they're 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 really great kids. Uh, this this whole shelter in place thing has been challenging for them. Like we've really been able to see their personalities come out. So my yeah. my daughter is my oldest, uh, Torin, is very much wanting to be with friends. She misses friends every day. She says, "I miss yeah. friends. I want to be with friends." Yeah. Judah, I think he misses his friends, but he's not. But he's he's doing okay. He like he enjoys just us being home, and it's nice. Hmm. He's got a higher percentage introvert in there. Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. Uh, like his father, uh, hmm. for sure. And caveman. Mm-hmm. And then Reagan. Well, you know, so the kids are doing schoolwork. My wife and I are doing trying to work from home, and our three-year-old thinks we're all there just to play with her. <laughs> yeah. So um, it's it has. I'll tell you this. I have not. I have never had to apologize so much in my life 
And I have a I have had to ask for forgiveness from my children. Mm. Uh, I mean, it's in, I don't want to say it's embarrassing because that's the wrong way to put it, but you know, just my own frustration yeah. coming out and yep. you know uh, taking out taking out my own frustration of you know as much as a, of an introvert as I am, I'm still done with this. You know, yeah. like I, I, I'm done, but <laughs> um, but still like lash not lashing out but just being angry and, and letting things just kind of set me off right you know and, and then having to come back and say you know what daddy sh- did not handle that the way that he should have and i'm really sorry and, and i would love it if you would forgive me and it's been um you know and it's gosh it, it it's interesting because i've had to do that like a number of times hmm. Uh, more than more than I care to admit over the last however long we've been doing this eight weeks um, and it had <clears throat> excuse me it has not gotten easier <laughs> I think like after right, right. after having to you know go through one of these like you know once twice three times a week yeah by you know by now it'd be like oh yeah I, I sinned against my daughter yeah sure hey forgive me oh my gosh right no easier mm. not at all so but they're good, and they're. I, I. If anything, I'm. I'm glad that the negative example of, I guess the negative slash positive example of, sinning and having to ask for forgiveness is is a good teacher for them. Um, I guess I'm glad it's me rather than my wife. I don't know. That doesn't make much sense. I don't know. <laughs> You're taking that hit. I guess I'll take that. Take the hit for the team. I guess I'll take that hit. I guess. <laughs> you know, but it does. Um, I have found too, though, that it has drawn, us. Just that, just that authenticity and transparency. Yeah. Daddy's not perfect. Yeah, and Daddy makes mistakes, and um, does things that he really, really wishes that he didn't. But yeah, God's faithful and forgives Daddy, and Daddy forgives you, and that's what we do. That's how we. That's how we do this. Well, there's that. There's that authenticity thing. Again, I, I think even people's own kids would prefer to know, like the actual you. Mm-hmm. Even if even if you're a jerk sometimes, mm-hmm. then to find out that like you've been a phony the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, I went through a little bit of that. I I don't have kids, but I I had a goddaughter I was really close to, mm-hmm. and uh, I realized that when she was little, in a lot of ways, she kind of needed me to be a sort of like impervious mm-hmm. anchor of a person. Right, you know, and and I, I guess I I projected that in a lot of ways too, because uh, I I felt like that's what she needed. Mm-hmm. But there there was a certain point she got super smart. She was always smart, but she got really smart, and and probably later in high school, she just started to spot my BS hard. Mm. And wow, like and call you out? Not not even so much. Just like just get really angry at me. Mm. And just kind of like um, you know, because it's not that I was being a I was being phony with her. It's just just I I just kept my stuff in its own area. Sure. And I had you know I have, and this is what I had to explain to her because she had no idea. She thinks that she's identifying all these flaws in me right. that no one knows about. Mm. She's like, oh my god, he's a phony. Mm. No one knows. And I'm like, no, everybody knows. I <laughs> just, just not you. I just didn't tell you. <laughs> And so it took a couple of years for her to finally like, sure, like okay, you know, and 
but it actually freed me up too. I wish I did it sooner. Yeah. To like tell you like, yeah, yeah, I struggle too. Like to be more relatable. Yeah. You know. It's interesting. You know, it's a good word. It's interesting how just how much the enemy um, whispers into our ear and convinces us mm. that it would be better if we just kept things a secret. Yeah. Or if, or to yeah. put on a show, put on a mask, put on a facade, you know, right. and that, um, you know, to to have the appearance of I have everything together, yeah. you know, but yeah. but there's no freedom in that, and not only is it a lie, but it means that you are constantly having to having to keep that facade up, yeah, yeah, you know, and all the supports and everything to keep that up, rather than if you're just, you know, like hey, I'm. I'm a mess and um, you know, I, and I struggle and these are my weaknesses and yeah. And I've, I found in the last, I've been a pastor since Oh three and I've, I've found that I've had more, I don't know how to, another way to put this, but insert a better word, a success (laughs) in ministry. In, insert the whatever the good Christian holy word is instead sure. of that. But yeah, we have um, we have all those some, uh, written down somewhere. Okay, good, good. Yeah, but I found I've I've had more <laughs> success in ministry just by being myself. Yeah, and just being honest. Yeah, whether it's you know a conversation like this, or it is, or in a counseling, or in a Bible study, or in a sermon, or something like that. Just yep. being myself. Yep. And um and. You know, and and not being unapologetic about it, because like I know I have a tendency to be pessimistic and cynical, um, you know, and you know, and you can you can take that to a degree where it's unhealthy, where you can say, well, I'm a cynic, and that's just the way I am, and everything sucks, and I hate everything, and I hate you, and that's just the way I am. That's just the way God made me. Like, oh, okay, no, that that's not that's not quite what we mean, but but there, but having an awareness and a um, and a uh, just an acceptance like this is who I am, mm. which means I need to lean into the Lord more right. to not be this way. Exactly. You know, and, and I think that's where the freedom is um, or and that's where you begin to act outside of those limitations, outside of those mm. uh, those, you know, those faults right. you, or those those character flaws or personality flaws or whatever it is. Yeah. Because you say, I know where my weak spots are. I know where my blind spots are. Mm. Um and I know that this is just an area where I need to lean into the Lord even more. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, and so I've just, I, I, you know, that's a great word, freedom. I, I, I think I've experienced more freedom and not just in ministry, but just in life in general. Yeah. It's, you know? Well, it's so much less work oh, to just yes. be you than to be what you think everyone else wants you to be. It's just, yes. it, it's exhausting. It is exhausting. And it doesn't do anybody any favors. No. Because all it does is project... A false image of you and a false sense of security, a false right. sense of everything, because eventually, you know, you, you do ministry, and not—I don't even mean in a professional way, just in life. Mm. People sniff it out. Yeah. Well, you can't get close to anybody if, no. if you're right, because the closer you get, the more like chinks in your armor they see. People, people sniff it out, and they yeah. go, you know, because like now, people that I know, whether they're Christians or not, like. I, you know, they just, oh yeah, there's Jason and, uh, he, he has a tendency to, to complain and he knows it and sometimes <laughs> he'll catch himself, right you know, and, and um, he appreciates when someone calls him boom, out. right? Right. 
and he and he's he's okay yeah if i call him out on it right or point it out you know and that's just i think that's just a much healthier place to be totally um it, i think that can be hard though because it in what i found with myself and at this i have another question for you about this let me don't forget that one okay put it over here right here um i find that like well let me just go to that question then so if you're from a from a pastor's perspective and i i have the same struggle you know on sundays for myself is that i'll have a crummy morning i never have crummy mornings never ever no (laughs) i don't have a wife but i'll you know the dog will do something i don't like or the car breaks down i'm just i just wake up tired and grouchy and just like i am not into it today Mm, yeah and i'm the kids guy (laughs) (laughs) so i gotta show up and i'm supposed to be like leading the energy for a whole ministry yeah for my whole team i gotta pray over them enthusiastically and uh Man, that's hard sometimes. Dude. It feels draining. And and I I hear this voice as soon as I walk in the door that says, Oh, here you go, buddy. Turn on the phony. Mm-hmm. Here you go. It's time to be on. Time to be on. Mm-hmm. And I really haven't got a spot to put that yet. Yeah. I don't exactly know. I mean, there's there's some there's a, a good handful of folks inside the building mm-hmm. that I can go to and honestly say, like, oh, dude, it's hard today. Yeah. I'm just not feeling it. Yeah. It's like, man, I'm sorry. Okay. You yeah. know, but to the 150 kids and the 40 something serve staff and, the, yeah. you know, it's just, that's not the time for that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. What, where are you with that? I mean, you, you've been at this longer than I have. So, where, where so that's, that's a, such a great question. And I, I, I don't think I really understood what to do with that until maybe two years ago. Oh, it's so, <clears throat> so two and a half years ago, uh, actually it was three three years ago, almost no, it was the end of end of March 2017. I stepped out of 20 years of youth ministry. Yeah, and my pastor, I I actually had gone to my pastor several times and just said, "Hey, I think I'm done with student ministries." And I love working with you, and I love this team, but I think I'm done with student ministries, and I really am ready to move on for, to something else. Hmm. And uh, and so he moved me out of student ministries and uh, asked me to kind of give some new life uh, or bring life back into our young adult ministry. Um, and uh, and one of the things that we did was we started a it's it started as a young marrieds class on Sunday mornings. Our church is a traditional Sunday school model, you know, yeah. so um, so we have Sunday school before the main service. Okay. So uh, there hadn't really been like a, a young married uh, thing for a while. There was, but there wasn't, you know, whatever. So go ahead and, and relaunch this. Great. So we did. And um, it's, uh, you know, it slowly grew and all of a sudden old people started showing up and <laughs> not married people started showing up. And, and it has in the last uh, two and a half years, um, God has just been bringing, bringing people back to church, um, bringing people. It's just it's been incredible. And one of the things that I found, again, I'll use that word successful. But one of the things that I found is like you, is that there are mornings when I'm just dude, I'm just uh, I'm, I'm not feeling it. Mm hmm. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going to start teaching at nine 30. I'm going to call my class together. There's 60 people in the room and I'm going to call them all together and I'm going to teach them, you know, whatever it is that I had planned. And I feel like crap. 
Hmm. And uh, it's been uh, it's been a difficult. You know, I often have to, oftentimes have to leave much earlier than my wife and kids. Yeah. And so it was just it was a hard morning. It was you know, uh, or I had done some dumb sauce thing the night before, and there were still <laughs> residuals between right. Michelle and I. You know, and right. or just the kids would not get ready, and even though we leave for church an hour and a half later than we normally leave for school. We just can't get them out the, you know, whatever it is. And so all of that, or just maybe there's sin in my heart or Mm. pride in my heart or that Mm -hmm. cynicism, you know, just like stupid. Just hate all this stuff, you know? Right. And, um, you know, and just that there's always that temptation of, well, you stepped onto campus. So now you got to be on. Mm. And when anybody asks you how you're doing, I'm great. Right. Loving the spirit, man. I'm just enjoying. <laughs> God's just really blessing me right now, lifting me up in heaven right now. Yeah, you know, yeah. and you just you feel that it. and you you feel that like that that pull because and I think there's some good intention behind that, right? Cuz mm. you you I think the intention is I want to be encouraging. I want to show people that I love Jesus because I don't want I don't want to be a Debbie Downer here. Yeah. You know, like yeah. so like there's good intention behind it but in your spirit you're like so fake yeah you know yeah and so i just so to answer your question sorry no it's good (laughs) good setup what what i um found and i don't think i intentionally did it i think it just kind of naturally started happening if i was having a bad morning um i just started telling people (laughs) and not like walking up like hey congregants <laughs> who are you i feel like crap today <laughs> I, I don't remember your name but i'm mad about everything and i don't don't cross me no not like you know but you're you know, not important enough to remember there's <laughs> 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 a certain you know there's a certain amount of setup that has to go for our our, our class yeah. and so i'd be able to, you know I'd, I'd take bringing coffee up there you know we're we're such a conservative church so we have to have coffee every morning or else people are they're going to unaccept Christ. Revolt. You know? Yeah. So so we got the coffee upstairs, you know, and I'm bringing it up there and and uh there's there's you know, there's people up there like, "Hey Jason, how's it going?" Yeah. Honestly, not very well. And I just started and I don't I don't think I again, I conscious I think I just hmm. said it one morning and I just and then I said it not very well. And their look on their face was shock because that's not what you hear from the pastor in yeah. the morning. This is church. What and do you mean? I, no, and then I I heard myself say it and I went, Oh, but then, I, mm. but then, but then that freedom just like, and I, it just, it just, there, there was this sense of mm. bro, just be yourself. Yeah. I said, you know, it was a rough morning. And so I just went off and said, it, it was a rough morning. And then in our class, you know, um, uh, it's, I hate to say it, but it's very me centric. Um, you know, there's not a lot of other people that do things. That's what I mean by that. Like, yeah. I yeah. don't teach about me. I teach about right. Jesus and the gospel. But I, <laughs> Welcome like, to my class. <laughs> but in order to talk about but like, me, uh, to, to a fault, I do most of the stuff like to make the class happen, set it up, okay. and announcements and all that stuff to a fault, to okay. a fault. But I do have, we do have some elders who are in that class and, and people. And I just remember started, I just started saying, I'm not doing okay today. It was a rough day, hmm. and um, and then it was, and then you know they gave me that look, and then can I pray for you, hmm. Jason? Let me pray for you, you know. And and then I realized if I'm having a bad morning, what I learned is if I'm having a rough morning, and I'm not feeling it, hmm. there are people now in my in my class or in my circle 
that I can go to and that I intentionally go to and just say, hey, I just want you to know I'm not having a great morning. And that doesn't happen. It, it you know, it doesn't happen all the time. Right. But just uh, I didn't sleep well last night. You know, uh, our youngest was up. So maybe that's it. Or, um, you know, there's there's this thing that's going on and with with people I know that's just been keeping me up. And I, you know, whatever it is, mm-hmm. I can go to them and just say, I'm wrestling and I need your help, you know. So I have found that that has been very helpful. And then the other thing, so that's kind of like the, the, the primary thing that I do on those mornings. The other thing that I do is as I'm walking from my class through the lobby saying, you know, and, and passing by, you know, hundreds, hundreds of people into the worship center, mm. you know, you're, people just say, hey, Jason, Pastor Jason, how's it going? Pastor Jay, how's it going? And I just tell them, not so well, like, or <laughs> I'm okay, like not horrible, but not great. So if you could pray for me, that'd be great. Because I, you know, there's not enough time. I need to get to a new place. Yeah, right. And I just have found that um, just being honest in that way really puts a lot of people's guards down. Hmm. And then they're more, I don't know if likely is the word, but they're more yeah. apt to then share when <coughs> when they're not doing well. Yeah. So that's kind of what, that's kind of been my practice. Um and then what's great is there's certain people who will call and follow up. Hmm. Hey, prayed for you this week. Thanks for sharing with me. Yeah. Prayed for you this week. You know, a little text message, email, you know, later in the week. Hey, how you doing? Are you doing are you doing better? And I'm like, awesome. The shepherd is being shepherded by yeah. the shepherded. You right. know what I mean? Like right. it's like they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. Yeah. And how beautiful is that when the pastor can just be himself and the people recognize he needs to be shepherded and taken care of as well. And that we Mm. have a role in doing that. So, Hmm. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's a guy thing. I hate being vulnerable. I hate (laughs) putting myself out there. I'd love to be, you know, the mighty Thor every time I walk into. Yeah. uh, Except Fat Thor. That was not that Thor. Uh, that's don't another, even, that, don't even that's know. another podcast for another day. I don't even want to talk about and it. And I don't uh, They ruined him with that. Uh, I think so too, but whatever. <laughs> so yeah, so that's like um tricky, hard, difficult, but yeah. I just think, you know, the life that God's called us to. Hmm. You know, we like the it's a cliche word, but authenticity organic you know whatever whatever word that we want to use just being real yep there's so much i mean that's like that's that that's spiritual health just being honest with yourself how you're really doing and not wearing a mask and that's hard and it's it it hurts you 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 do leave yourself open to you know like it was whenever you're vulnerable there's the possibility of being hurt you know, or let down, or somebody failing you. Yeah. Um, yeah. But far less often, really, than than you'd actually fear. Boom. Is the thing. Right. Normally, you're like, oh, that wasn't so bad. Right. <laughs> I should do that more often. But we have it in our heads, like, we, you know, we have it in our heads. It would be as bad as walking out of the house naked, yeah. you know, on a cold day. And yeah. it's just, that's just, in my experience, that's not what it's been. Hmm. Especially in a community where people are dying to be authentic themselves. Right. And maybe just don't see it modeled, you know, and so you mean it's okay to do that. Like, right. you, like you're kind of, yeah, you're leading, honestly leading by example. Well, and you and, see, yeah. yeah, 
you, you see people, you know, you see people in, in, in your ministry and in your church that are, I don't know. I think you just, you can make a, you can make an assumption or you can, you can kind of like, you can kind of see, oh man, you're just, that's just not who you are. You're putting mm. on a show. Yeah. You are, you are not, this is not who you really are. And boy, I just love it. It just to get to know the real you. Mm. And so would everyone else. But I, again, I think people are afraid to do that. I think they're just, yeah, it's a difficult thing to do. It's not easy. Well, cause I, I mean, we live in a, we live in a culture and a world that in a lot of ways is just driven by image and, and, uh, merit mm-hmm. you know and so if you don't have the merit at least project the image of merit right <laughs> well and that's what social media is like right that's, and that's, that's so hard like to to deprogram that even even just among our own like church staffs it's, it's so, so hard even within staff it's mm-hmm. it's a hard thing well you know, like, you know it's it's hard because like now now more than ever you can see and observe what every church pastor ministry across the country and world is doing mm. and so like i feel this yeah to be perfectly honest i i feel the i get <clears throat> how do i say this I, I i feel it all the time that i'm not doing enough or that i'm not where i should be you know what i mean like yeah like dude you're 40 and this is what you're doing yeah you know, or this, this is the way this, <laughs> I'm right there, you know, like <laughs> this is the way that you are doing your ministry. Don't you think you should have had this figured out by now? Oh yeah. Look sure. at your friends who are doing this, this, and this and younger than you and better than you. And, yeah. and because you yeah. know, you can just, or people that just live across the country and you, cause you can pick up your phone and you can go, Oh, look what uh, so-and-so is doing. Right. Uh, everything's great. Look in their, wish their I, world. I wish I was doing something like that. And so you mm. just, you feel that. And so, yeah, as you get into a church staff or a church situation like that, and yeah. you know, there's just that pull to 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 have it all together and to yep. to feel like you're better than you really are, or at least to project that. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I think um, I, I'm right in that same boat because I'm I'm 37, and I'm, I live alone, obviously. No spouse here, no kids here. I got a dog. She thinks I'm all right when I, you know, when I'm around. Um, but yeah, like the, by by the measures of where I think someone my age should be, mm-hmm. should like should be yeah. the ultimate S word. Um, yeah, all the time. But then I remember, like, wait, you decided to do this. <laughs> like, you wanted to work for the church. Like, yeah. you knew it was going to be this way, and you yeah. signed up for it. Like, this this is not an accident. And you're not you're not a loser you're intentional (laughs) so yeah that but that's hard to yeah that's hard to swallow sometimes um i used to um i'll tell you a little story i I used to interview to be a fireman that was what i wanted to really before before trucking before church all that i was die hard yeah wanted to be a fireman dad was a firefighter and that's all i wanted to do and uh one of the the worst things about that whole process is the interviews really because you sit you sit at a table and across from you is anywhere from five six seven 
city employees, firefighters, captains, and they're all dressed in their shiny. They look like military people, even though it's not military. I don't know. Yeah. And and the intimidation factor is high. It's huge. And you have one chair that's yeah. pulled back from the table, so yeah. you're not even at the table. It's you're like rickety, and it's five like feet from the table. It's missing three screws, and yeah, and you just you sit there, and and they ask you questions, and yeah, and uh, I took classes on how to interview well. Really. And there's books like. There's a book called uh, How to Smoke Your Fire Department Interview. Huh. And it's basically, here are the top, basically the hundred questions. You'll only hear these. Once in a while, you'll have some fire department that has a big idea, and they'll throw an oddball question, whatever. Yeah. But it's all of these. So write your answers out, memorize them, practice them in the mirror. Let's do practice interviews so you can get your hmm. get your stick down. And uh, it's basically an acting class. Hmm. And the guys who were ahead of me, who were doing better in the interviews, were really good at doing this, you know, dance yeah. and jive. Yeah. Um, and two things. I wasn't good at it. So it came off it just really rough. Came off clunky. And and two, it felt fake as hell. Uh-huh. And I didn't, I didn't like it. I was repulsed by it. Yeah. And I, I used to call it, it was like a beauty pageant. <laughs> it's like, what is this? Is it, am I interviewing for a job? Yeah. Or Miss K- Mr. California? Or you're or judging me for like a... I did not like it. Huh. And there was finally, there was an interview, I think it was in like 2010. Okay. Nine or 10 with Mountain View Fire Department. Okay. And so I, I go into the interview and at that point, I, I'm just like, I'm done. Hmm. I said, I'm not going to pretend anymore. Yeah. Like, I'm just going to be me. I'll say what I want to say. And if they like it, they like it. If they don't, they don't. Yeah. Whatever. And so, you know, I walked in and they, you know, they do the, tell us about yourself, Ryan. And then I just told them, well, hey, you know, uh, <laughs> if, <laughs> if I seem uh, a little nervous today, uh, it's because I actually am. <laughs> like, I'm nervous to talk to you guys. Yeah. Because I, I've, I'm really excited about, like, the opportunity to be a fireman. Like, I've yeah. wanted this for my whole life. Like, yeah. Grew up, my dad was a firefighter. I, yeah. I grew up having Thanksgiving dinner at the firehouse. Yeah. I want to be one of you guys. So I'm excited about it. And I won them. I came out the number one. I had a whole interview process. Huh. Because it, there, I think, and I, I discovered it after that. I walked out of the interview thinking, like, oh, crud. Oh, there it goes. <laughs> like, I didn't say yeah. any of the script. Yeah. You know, my coach would say it's horrible. But, you know, they, they called me back and, uh, and I was like, "Whoa, hmm. interesting! I learned something there." It's like yeah. they they wanted, they believed that I was a real person, and that's way more attractive. Even if that person isn't the perfect polished thing mm-hmm. that they that they think they're looking for, right? The the rough one that they know is more attractive than the shiny one they don't. Yeah, and I think that's I latched onto that principle right away. And every interview after that, just in that world, I scored way high on. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that's something I've, I've carried through to this day. I find if, if I, I err on the side of overshare. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe too much sometimes. Like, why did I tell you that? Oh, yeah. my gosh. Like, you're, you're going to think I'm weird. But, uh, yeah, you win so much favor with, with people generally. If, if yeah. they just really, even if they don't like everything about you. If they know you. Yeah. Like, they like that. Well, and think about it. Like, if you think about some of your... Think about, like, the the people that you're closest to. 
are the people that, if you think about it, you know where their faults are. You know, right. and you're and you're okay with it. And that's the point is right because they've let you see them, and you've let them see yours. Yeah, like there can't be. You know, and I think this obviously this carries over to the church, but there can't be any kind of deep intimacy between people. And I don't mean romantic; I just mean just the closeness. Yeah. If there isn't any kind of allowance to see, to pull back the curtain for people to see who mm. you know we really are, right? Because and that creates, you know, that creates a bond that creates you know a sense of unity that can't be faked. You know, right? Um, Right. I mean, I think back to, I think back to um, my first year away in college, and I was living in the. Uh, it transferred up, and I was I was living in the dorm, and the whole dorm or the whole floor that I lived on, the majority of it was transfer students. Where is this at? Simpson University. Well, Simpson. It was Simpson College back then. Okay. But then they became <laughs> Simpson Simpson University. You which can claim it. Which, <laughs> by fine. the way. I don't know why university just sounds better than college. And I'm sure like I'm sure somebody listening to this would go, "Well, it's because of blah, 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 blah. and Yeah, how do they get that? I don't I don't know. Community university. I I That's don't want to <laughs> So, I was at Simpson College. Okay. And the the floor that I lived on was um uh it was mostly transfer students. Like, okay. so they went to community college for two years and then they transferred it. And I remember there, by the end of the year, you know, there was a, there was definitely a bond and intimacy between the, the 40 of us that lived on that floor. Um, and if, as I think about it and a couple of guys mm -hmm. I still keep in touch with to this day, but if I think about it, almost all of them are guys that. I would not have naturally gravitated towards mm. to be friends with, you know, um, especially my roommate, my roommate who became one of my and remains, I think, one of my closest friends, even though we, you know, it's kind of like the guy thing where like, you know, you just you, you can have close friends, even though you don't talk to them all the time. Yeah. You know, and you can, oh, yeah. and you, you can start where you left pick off. up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, he's a guy like I think in normal circumstances, I never would hang out with this guy because we're just <laughs> we're just very different. Yeah. And. Um, and yet he and these all these other guys on the floor, you know, were with each other every single day. And each of us had our own moments or seasons of meltdowns or mm. doing dumb sauce things, breaking somebody's thing, not returning something, you know, whatever it was. And yet by the end of the year, like we all, yeah, like we all loved each other and and, and would you know we all did everything together and we'd see the other one of the guys across the campus and you you'd stop what you're doing yeah. and go over and talk to him and and why was that you know was it because we were all alike no it's because we all and, and that's a special situation obviously like living in a dorm yeah. right that's not real life <laughs> but the principle though is the same we allowed each other well Maybe we didn't have a choice, but we got to see yeah, one way or another. Yeah, we got to see each other's, you know, uh, marks and scars and and huh. uh, uh, ugly spots as long uh, along with the good good parts as well. Right. And that allowed us to just be OK with each other and comfortable with the, with one another, you know. Huh. So I think that goes a long way. 
I think that's a I think that's a journey that Westerners, mm-hmm. you know, especially in the church, I think that's a journey that it's like an extra journey that we have to go on to discover or to really being pers- mm. really to, to to pursue Jesus as disciples. Many of us, you know, we we're we're surrounded by such a I hate to use the the f word fake, not that not the other f word, but the, this f it's word fake yeah fake is way worse it, i think it might be um <laughs> i'd rather be a, a one kind of effer versus a faker that's, uh, that, a, that's a good point if you're gonna shout something Dude, at me put that on a bumper sticker and i'll put it on my truck tonight <laughs> um but i think <laughs> i think in in the in especially in america like we have you know you were talking about it we, we have such our, our our culture values um what's on the surface we value how we look we value our status we value um you know what other people think about us and to an extent like what other people think about us is not the worst thing in the world like i care your opinion about me i do you know i uh, if if you think i'm a if you think i'm a dirtbag i want to know why and and make some changes in my life right well everyone's gonna know why after this i know (laughs) um but we're in we're in that mode so much in our culture yeah, that if I'm going to be in pursuit of Jesus, I almost feel like as Americans we're going to have to strip off this this veneer of of everything's okay, mm. of I have it all together, and then I can pursue Jesus, and then I'm free yeah. Yeah. to follow after. Which you know, Jesus, you know, there were there were the guys that said, "Hey, let me go bury my father, let me go get the money for yeah. my inheritance," you know, and maybe a little different, not quite. The same, but the the principle is still like you know what are you holding on to? And I think, hmm. and I know I feel it. I mean, um, I'm definitely a guy who who loves uh, security, and yeah. I yeah. I I have a high value on knowing you know how things are going to work out. Um, I'm not. I wish I was. My wife and I say this all the time about ourselves. We we wish to high heaven that we were more of risk takers. Hmm. And we're just not. That's just not in our personalities. Which means that we don't take risk. It doesn't mean that we, you know, that we don't take risk or that we can't. Cal- calculated sh- risk. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, like, um, like you know, you, you meet people who are like, yeah, I sold everything and I just got into my RV and I just drove across the country <laughs> and I just knew God would provide every meal and I just took twenty bucks for me yeah. for gas to the next stop and you're yeah. like, you yeah. did what? Yeah. <laughs> you know, dude, that was uh, two podcasts ago. Oh really? A college gal that came here. I've known her for years, but uh-huh. she's in that phase where she's like, "See to your pants." I don't know. We and she literally gets in a van, and like uh, she told me about this story. They uh, they drove to Nashville, mm-hmm. and they're on a mission. They go to college campuses and they do these prayer events and everything. And they just went went into Tennessee, went to Nashville. We don't know. <laughs> Where, where are we going to stay? I don't know. I don't know. We'll figure it and out. And then they get there, and sure enough, dude, Yeah. people offer them, oh, you don't have anywhere to stay? Dude, stay in ours. We have this like spare, like five spare bedrooms and uh, yeah. two bathrooms here. You want food? Oh, I know this guy over at the college. You should talk to him. And by the next night, they're having uh, revival night yeah. you know, on campus. Yeah. People getting saved and baptized yeah. in the fountain outside. I'm like, yeah, what yeah. is going on? Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. here I am, you know, comfortable in my... <laughs> And you hear story you hear stories like that from people in your life. Yeah. Oh, what's wrong with me? Right. Yeah. I need to get out there. And and maybe to a certain extent, 
I need to hear <laughs> that. I need to hear those stories, yeah. and I need to go, okay, bro, uh, <laughs> like you you need to dial back, you know, your your pampering that you do because yeah. <laughs> you, you live very comfortably. And, and but at the same time, you know, I I think there is something to be said. Just you know, again, just going back to I like I, I think this is just who I am, and I think I'm I'm not that person who can do that. And I because you can I you can idolize that. Yeah, you can I D O L I Z E D that kind of mentality. And there are because I think that takes a, a special person with a special you know measure of the spirit to be able to to do yeah. that. For sure. And I know not everybody, you know, and I, I'm not sure all of us are supposed to be that way, you know. Um, no. Well, that's why she does fundraising. Yeah. Yeah. And Someone's got to pay for it. Right. And right. that could be, I, I could do that. Yeah. Like, you know, there's, yeah. So, uh, I, I just, the more, the, the more I think that we can get to, and this is going to sound like locks lock and step with our culture but i think the more we can figure out our our authentic self and i don't and again not like well this is just how i am and but just okay how has god wired me yeah what are my proclivities where what are my natural temptations where are my giftings where are my abilities okay god in my weaknesses i lean i lean into you in my strengths i recognize that you gave those to me in yep. the in the areas of my life where I need to grow, help me grow. In the areas of my life where I have excess, mm. teach me to be generous. You know, mm. I mean, just in right. You know, because we're multifaceted. Nobody is a nobody's white bread. You know, right. like we're multifaceted. We're, we're not. So there's 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 always things that we can give, take, grow, establish, whatever. And the more that we can understand and be okay with mm. how we're wired. And not wish that I was, you know, like right. like Too Short said, I wish I was a little bit taller. <laughs> I wish I was a baller. <laughs> I wish I had a girl who looked good. I would call her. You're, that, you're oh, dating yourself now. Is that Got Too it. Short? That neat, I, I'm really hoping that's Too Short. I think it short. is. I think it is. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds right. <laughs> I it, it just, it makes sense that it's Too Short because he starts with, I wish I was a little bit taller. Yeah. So it's got to be Too Short. That's like 96, I think. 95, 96. It's Oakland. It's definitely Oakland. Oakland, 90s. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just watched a documentary on that that whole period for rap. Really? Oh, it's, it's crazy. Ooh, I want to see that. Yeah. It's on Netflix. What's it called? Oh, gosh. I think it's just like the history of gangster rap. Oh. Something like that. Yeah. Don't tell your church you watch it, but... I won't. <laughs> That's good, though. Well, uh, dude, I listen. As a white kid growing up in the suburbs, yeah. what do you think I listen to all the time? Right. Yeah, you have to simulate as much ghetto as you can get a hold of. Right. A, a white kid in the growing up in the suburbs in the nineties, like they mailed Dr. Dre's The Chronic to you. Like it yeah. just showed up in the mail, and you're right. like, "Here, listen to this. You're, right. you're supposed to know all of these songs." And when you're driving in your parents' GMC Safari van to school, played as loud. <laughs> Play it as loud as possible <laughs> as you're driving through the suburbs. <laughs> uh, we had, you know, my uh, I grew up across the bay. We didn't have so much that as there was this weird country thing that crept over there. Really? And I never got it. I was like, I know where you grow up. <laughs> like, I know where your house is. You don't have cows. 
You don't even have a lawn. Yeah. <laughs> like, why, why are you talking like that? Hey, we, you, belt buckle. <laughs> we did the belt buckle for. Your pants never fell down before? Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah. That's funny. Oh, gosh. That's really Dr. Funny. Dre. Yeah. Um, well, let, let's go back in time a bit then. Let's go back. I, I'd love to know... Um, yeah, like give me the stats on like where'd you come from? Are you a Bay Area native or? Mm, yes. Kind of rewind yeah. that on me. So uh, yeah, so I'm I'm Bay Area born and raised. In fact, um, I'm I I uh, I grew up in Castro Valley. Uh, oh. I lived in Castro Valley. Wow. Um, like you still? I live in Hayward now. Okay. Yeah. You work in Castro Valley. I so. work in Castro Valley. Yeah. Okay. So born and raised, went to public school. Um, my uh, my mom. Um, when I was two, I don't know if it was when my brother was born or when she was still pregnant with my younger brother, but she, she grew up Catholic and she, she got invited to a, to like a parenting group at first Baptist church in Castro Valley. Okay. And so she went to that and, um, (laughs) and she got saved. And so my earliest memories are going to church, Hmm. like, like Methodist. Uh, Baptist. Baptist. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Earliest memories are at First Baptist Church, Castro Valley, and running around there and and going to service, going to VBS, going to Sunday school, all of it. Hmm. And uh, I I tell people this that I I believe that God gave me a gave me a a belief for if you want to say saving faith or whatever at a very young age because hmm. I I remember as a little kid. Um, hearing the stories and believing wholeheartedly that they were true hmm. that the the pastor would talk about jesus uh um you know we'd be learning we'd all the felt boards you know of the stories <laughs> yeah that were and which by the way i probably like seven <laughs> times out of ten the story that whatever the bible story was was told wrong right or or like the classic <laughs> like and you know you know the david and goliath classic god will help you defeat the giants in your life right. kind of thing right you know? <laughs> go Think, get them tiger yeah, seriously yeah yeah, yeah so so those are my <laughs> earliest memories growing up going to church just going like yeah i totally like god of course i believe in god and and you know you need to and i think you know the the church there was there was definitely some religious fundamentalism you know in it so i don't think i understood the gospel Right. Really. Um, or I don't think it was really either. Either I didn't get it or it wasn't taught correctly. I'm going to say that I didn't get it because uh, I just don't know. And yeah. there's no tapes to go back and listen to. Right. Um, so uh, but, you know, growing up there um, uh, and being a part of everything. I remember I, I wanted to be baptized when I was eight or nine. So I got baptized and and I, I went to youth group and um, hmm. and. And like I was, I was a church kid. I mean, I really was. I was, I was a church kid who, who right. spent time at church, um, you know, believing what they told me. And at the same time, though, um, you know, living quite differently uh, outside of church. Now, I have to. I don't want to give the wrong impression. Like I was still a rule following kid. Like I'm a firstborn rule follower, so it's <laughs> okay. not like I was out selling black tar heroin as right. a seventh grader at Canyon Middle School out on the blacktop. <laughs> um, 
However, but you, but you got the chronic in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> but I got the chronic in the mail, and so I was bumping that every day. But I mean, um, but I remember. I think it was probably in eighth grade. I recognized my life feels very different from where I do my church stuff and I uh, and I do my yeah. school hang with my friends stuff. And there's not any overlap. And mm. I just I recognized it, but I didn't care enough to like even that out. Start going to high school, get involved, you know, more so in the youth group, start getting involved in leadership and um, just I think I I think it was in high school I I realized that you know, I mentioned, you know, there wasn't much overlap and then I realized there needs to be overlap. Hmm. And I don't I don't know how to do that. And so just going to, to you know, being part of discipleship groups, Bible studies, you know, that kind of stuff. And just the, the Lord ironing a lot of those things out, ironing out a lot of the religious fundamentalism, ironing out a lot of the bad mm-hmm. theology that just kind of crept in. You know, um, when I graduated from high school or right before I graduated from high school, um, six months before I met who was going to be eventually my wife, Michelle. Really? That early? Mm-hmm. Dang. Yep. Mm-hmm. Lucky. Yeah, we... We met. I was a senior. She was a junior. She wow. Went, she went to Redwood Christian. Um, and okay. I, I went to Castro Valley High School, and uh, uh, and so we met, and um, you know, eventually, seven and a half years later, we got married. Wow. Um, yeah, a long time. That's I would. A, that's cool. <laughs> we do a lot of uh, premarital counseling with couples, and uh, it's interesting. We you know we'll we'll talk to some couples who have been like dating and engaged for like a year or around that. And then we talked to other couples. We're with a couple right now who've been dating for like six years and they're getting married this Whew. summer. And, uh, it's just, it's interesting, like just where the couples are at and stuff like, and anyway, so we, I remember right after I graduated from high school, a guy in our, in our youth group, he was a leader, great guy. He, um, he got me and a couple other guys in a Bible study. And specifically, um, we were going to start, talking about apologetics and doctrine and theology and you know how to defend your faith and it wasn't him but something happened in me where i turned into the meanest jackass you've ever met Hmm. and what i mean is i i went looking for arguments to have with people like i if and not not unbelievers christians like a, apologetics arguments? Yeah, or? like uh, like let's say uh, a silly example. Let's say you're a let's say you're a post tribulation guy, and I'm a pre pre tribulation guy, which I don't even know where I'd land these days. But mm. you know, and I'd go, I'd want to, I'd want to tell you how wrong you were, and try to get you to feel like you might not be saved. Mm. <laughs> like, and so, yep. um, and so, okay, so consider this. Here's where you want to know about a miracle. So I grew, so I come from that very John MacArthur esque okay. kind of feeling, right? Um, just argumentative and just there, not. There well, is a right, there is a wrong. There is a right, there is a wrong, I'm and I'm tell, right. Yeah, I'm happy you know? to tell you which one you're in. Yeah. Right. So I come from like this conservative Baptist, you know, um, hmm. background, and I'm dating this girl who goes to Pentecostal Foursquare Church. So there are some things that we don't, at the time, yeah, there are things that we don't agree on, and I, I still look back on it, and I can't believe that, I can't believe we ended up getting married and stuff, um, or staying together, I should say, because of those early years of like, just, yes, Lord, <laughs> I'm sorry, yes. 
How is this connected? I feel is, like is this for real like happening? Is this a first? Yeah. 275, bro. Phone call in during the number 275. He called twice. Somebody That's really wants such, to get a hold of you. He does. They want me to eat some shrimp with them. That's so funny. Well, tell him to bring it over. <laughs> tell him to barbecue it up and bring it over. I'll eat shrimp on air. That's good radio right there. Eating shrimp on the... Anyway, so... <laughs> How does it ring through the computer? I have no idea. But you're I, mis- I have a, Wi-Fi is off. You know what I'm concerned about, though? You know what, you know what concerns me? Yeah. You're missing out on shrimp. Oh, chicken wings. Oh, even better. Chipotle barbecue with baked cauliflower and potatoes. What the heck? What are we doing, Ryan? Why am I here? Forget you, man. Goodbye. Yeah. (laughs) Cut. No, I'll get the leftovers. It's cool. Dude. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, so anyway, I just, I turned into a very judgmental, argumentative person. And, um, Uh. you know... Uh, in certain circles, I'd use the word a hole, yeah. um, but yeah. just I, I, that's just who I was, and and I remember, um, you know, there was there's some things that God did to really get my attention. Um, one of them involved it's a longer story for another time, but mm. it involved me sitting on the Sacramento River uh, in a rainstorm um, and a rain and windstorm, yelling at God mm. and telling him that he was wrong. Uh, you know, this this is a conservative, like, reform sovereignty of God guy telling God he's wrong, you know, mm. and just, like, screaming and uh, and God's and, and basically God, like, whispering, why is this all about you, bro? Wow. You know, um, and there and just a number of other things where the Lord began to iron those things out. And so um, and, you know, the whole time and I, I need to go back a little bit. It was yeah, it was before I met. It was the beginning of my senior year of high school that um, I was freaking out about what I was going to do with my life. I had no idea, and I took the ASVAB test, you know, the Army Aptitude Test. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because it got you out of school for a day. <laughs> and I was like, sign me up. I will take that test. I'll take it twice. <laughs> so I took the test, get the results. Oh, and you get the results back. You miss a half day of school. So, dude. Just awesome. for your, just for the results, because they walk you through and then like, whoa, I don't know, maybe like people who go into the army don't know how to read paper or whatever. They read it to you. I don't know. Anyway, so I'm probably gonna get in trouble for that one, but right. that's fine. Um, <laughs> Thank you for your service, for military <laughs> maple. <laughs> my my dad was in the army, so it's cool. I can say that, right? That, like that kind of thing. And so like, so I get the results back, and uh, long story short, it says. Based on your results, we think you should be either be a pastor, a teacher, or a counselor in that order. And I was like, "What? Whoa! Yeah, what? Th- that's specific. Yeah, dang." Um, and they're like, "Just not with us." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> huh. uh, and so they, so I, I, I look at it and I look up at the ceiling. I'm like, "What?" So I take it to my pastor and, um, Weird. and I said, "Hey, this, this is what I got." And he said, "It's funny because I've been." praying that for you <laughs> so i took that as god's calling on my life wow. um and began to pursue that you know i went to simpson um and i was still kind of in that thick-headed just jerk mode you know all through simpson i missed out you know i, I talked about just kind of the closeness of our dorm mm. but i know i missed out on a lot of great relationships and a lot of great conversations like this right because uh i had a reputation of just being argumentative and huh. Jason, Jason's just right. And so you can't even talk to him. Um, wow. 
And uh, so just the Lord, the Lord did a lot of breaking, a lot of ironing those things out over the years, um, getting my attention. And uh, I got my first ministry gig uh, right out of college. It was 2000, the summer of 2003. And it was down in uh, Visalia, California. Sleepy little town, sleepy little, yep. well, 100,000 people. It's not so sleepy. <laughs> and the pastor there it was a small uh, Christian and Missionary Alliance church, t- uh, 150 at the time, and they were they really believed that God wanted them to hire a youth pastor so that they could grow their church, wow. and uh, so they took a chance. The guy, and I remember he 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 said it. We're taking a chance with you because we've got <laughs> other applicants who have experience, huh. and you have no experience, and other <laughs> applicants who are married and kind of fit the profile. But we're gonna go with you. And I went, oh, <laughs> why? Um, <laughs> but it was a great experience, and the. The, the pastor there, he has he's actually from Castro Valley, which is funny. Um, <laughs> he uh, was an incredible mentor, one of the best shepherds I've ever seen. Mm. I mean, the pulse that he had on his people was unbelievable. And they loved him, like in the most beautiful way possible. And so I learned a lot about shepherding. And, and he's a humble man, super humble guy. And I learned, and I, that was part of kind of the ironing out process, was just learning from him. Mm-hmm. About two years into it, Michelle and I got married. Uh, so I dragged her kicking and screaming, literally, to uh, <laughs> Visalia. Um, yeah. Where? <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, well, when you live halfway between Fresno and Bakersfield. And, yeah. Um, halfway between somewhere you don't want to go and another place you don't want to go place you just drove through you don't want to be at yeah Yeah. (laughs) so um but about two years in we you know we get married and then a year after that we were like we 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 both separately began sensing god kind of putting in our putting in it in the back of our heads hey it's it's about time to go back to the bay Hmm. and and I, i remember at the time we were we were we were beginning to be heavily influenced by um uh, well, Mark Driscoll and Mars Hill Church up in Seattle, yeah. Um, you know, and just seeing what was going on in Seattle, that you could fuse so many different, you know, you could fuse, you know, reform theology with um, uh, a spirit-filled uh, ministry, with you know, great mm. rock and roll music, and and a love for your city, and 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 like we saw all this stuff, and and what we kept saying to ourselves is, we're not, we're not crazy. You can actually do this. Mm. You can actually fuse all of these things together right. and and actually be making an impact. And so we obviously what happened with Mars Hill and, and stuff happened, you know, but but we we really wanted to be a part of that in the Bay. I mean, we love yeah. that. This is this is our home. We're both from here. Um, and, you know, at the time and even still now for uh, for the most part, you know, the Bay Area is not it's it's not a place where there's huge church gospel movements there's some great 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 churches yeah gospel centered kicking butt yep um but it's not it's still not known as like a hub and we're like yep. we want to be a part of that the church word for that is to say that it's hard soil <laughs> it's hard soil it's an understatement but yes it is yes. it is um and so we're like we want we want to be a part of that yeah. and so an opportunity <clears throat> came um so we, we were feeling that way and we started praying, started fasting and an opportunity actually came for us to come back to the church that we met at 
in Castro Valley, Redwood Chapel. Hmm. We met there as high school students. We were part of the youth group there. And um, to come back and, and kind of put the youth group back together. Um, the youth group had gone through. I was the fifth youth pastor in seven years. Whoa. Um, and Dude. when we both graduated from high school, the youth group was, you know, was you know gangbusters and such and yeah and just you know and i don't know if it was in i don't think it was anybody's fault i think it was just there was a lot of transitions happening and you know when we came back there was like 10 kids and mm. it, it like when we left there's probably 200 and when we came wow. back there was about 10 in seven years dang um so uh or maybe 10 years just it imploded yeah, yeah seven eight nine ten years something like that and so what we wow. so we came back i say we even though they hired me and they and michelle was not expected to do anything but we really collaborate a lot in, it's a we in life and ministry and so we um we just started okay well let's let's take a lot of these ideas or principles that were being so heavily influenced by like at mars hill village church just other places and let's Let's use some of those and put them to work here. And so we did, and we started, you know, seeing the youth group just kind of get put back together. And um, and it was just a, you know, for the next ten years, it was that's what we did. We just worked in student ministries and uh, had kids and uh, kids of our own. And um, and I, you know, I, I people ask me all the time if I miss hmm. youth ministry, and I miss certain. I have great memories of it. I don't miss it though. Hmm. Um, I don't. I don't miss the. I don't. I don't. Not that I don't didn't like it or that it just. It was just time to move on. It was time to. I felt like my hmm. my youth ministry batteries were spent, and there, there wasn't going to be any recharging. I, you know, I know some people who, like, they can do youth ministry for life. <laughs> and they just have it. They just they can they can yeah. keep doing the camps. They can do the youth group. They can do all of it. And you know they're forty, fifty, you know, fifty years old, and they're still just right. kicking butt. Yeah. And I just again, I just just thought that's I I that's not me. And somebody better can get into this and do. Somebody can get in here and do a better job than me. Mm. If I just stay here, it's gonna just be mediocre. Me trying my best. And somebody else needs to come in and, and step in. And, and how long were you the the youth guy for Redwood? Uh, almost ten years. Yeah, almost ten years. Because that's when when I met you, I was a intern for Resonate with Chase did, and Yvonne. Yeah. When did we meet? Uh, five years ago, something like that. Yeah. Because yeah, you were, you were the youth guy. Sherry was there too. Mm-hmm. You had the firehouse. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Converted firehouse, converted firehouse in, into a youth, right. youth center, right, yep. like down the street from the church. That's that's cool. Um, and I and so yeah. when we met, I knew I was on. I knew I was getting about getting to be about done. Okay. And I, in fact, when we met, I had already had conversations with ah. my pastor to right. just kind of get that ball rolling. Um, and he understood. He got it. He was a youth pastor. He got yeah. it. Um, and so that was, um. So yeah, that ball was, yeah, it was pretty much starting to roll. Mm. Um, and then by the end of 2016, uh, yeah, the end of 2016 is when things started to 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 roll and change into um, something new. Yeah, because so. that so you 
you came to speak at one of our summer camps. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. So you at um, rock, uh, rock and water. Rock and water. Yeah. Yeah, baby. I guess you'd been there a few times. Yeah. Like yeah. Yeah. That's that's like the go-to spot. But uh, what happens this year? Um, we don't know. Mm-hmm. No one knows. No one knows. The people that were hoping to tell us what we can do, they don't know. They don't know. They just are on TV, so we listen. But um, <laughs> we're—I mean—we're booked for rock and water. Okay. Last year, <laughs> you'll have to have have Chase, our youth pastor, tell you his take on this. But last year, we uh, we did a houseboating trip. It was ra- fun. Rather than, well, yeah, rather than going through some kind of organization, we're you did all, it all yourself. We're all very like make it up as you go people. Yeah, like, we could do anything. Yeah. So we rented five houseboats and a couple of ski boats and just found an island somewhere. And it was just like one problem after yeah. another, like boats drifting away and yep. running out of gas. Yep. Nothing worked. Like we had a thunder lightning storm the second day. We got like speakers <laughs> and electronics outside. <sighs> it was exhausting. So this year we opted to, let's just kind of smooth one somewhere out and <laughs> go to the spot we know. Anyway, uh, there's, I don't, I don't know. I give it 50, 50, whether or not any church really has a summer camp. I feel like no church going to have summer camp this year. Um, I think until school districts say we are doing class. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Any church that does anything with kids is going to appear horribly negligent. Mm-hmm. If Unsafe. they, if they, yeah. yeah. Even if it is safe, even if your whole church is like, you know, we, we can't. Yeah, you you can't have that image out there that you're not you're not taking it seriously, right? And as a church, you always have to you don't always have to because there's some crazy things out there. But you have to. You know, I said I said it earlier. Was that before we got? That was outside. That was pre we outside. Yeah. So I said you have to kind of play to the uh, the most sensitive or the most enthusiastic on on these kinds of things because mm-hmm. the last thing you want is for like that person. To make a big stink. Oh, I can't believe you did this. And, mm-hmm. then, that, that, and then everyone knows, and then it's a big deal. Yeah. So you're just like, we just... So I, I don't... I hate to break it to the high schoolers if any of them are, are listening. But <laughs> I'm going to poop on your party. I don't, I don't know if it's going to happen. That was a fun camp. That's a great camp. Yeah, I, I had I had such a great time. I remember I, I had like a little... I like set up a little... Uh, I brought a little butane burner so yeah. I could make coffee in the morning. I remember and, that. that um, I was inspired by you since then. Oh yeah. I have a cot now. Yes. And a little gotta have the cot. A little area. Yes. And because I was like, why am I going to sit here and be miserable and uncomfortable mm-hmm. while I'm sleeping? Mm-hmm. Nope. Why don't yeah. I get some good rest? Mm-hmm. Let's get comfy. So mm-hmm. when I wake up, I can be on. Mm-hmm. Yep. Don't look See, down at me. No, I'm not. I got the biggest cot in the world, I, Jason. I, it's the I, biggest cot they make. It's four four feet wide and eight feet tall. Oh my gosh! It's a four by eight sheet of plywood that I sleep on. That's awesome. And it's though. a cot. It's yeah. Well, you know what? Again, it's a like, dream. Why? Why not? Yeah. Why, w- w- like, you know, because <laughs> sleep on the ground. Get I mean, here. I've so I'm so a grown man. <laughs> we've done we've done rock and water, and then right next door is whitewater excitement. Right. right. And so we've done there, we've done whitewater excitement a couple times. We've done rock and water, right? It's, you know, it's 8,000 degrees, like, at camp. So yeah. all of a sudden, so, like, when you go to bed at night, you're just like, oh. 
yeah, like you got your, you're not in your sleeping bag and you're yeah. not going to get in your sleeping bag until about four in the morning when it finally gets down to about 72 yeah the dew settles on your yeah yeah, yeah and so why not at least dude why not at least just have a little i got to dude so <laughs> if you want to okay so you must like your cot that's great i love my cot i got a cot that is it's a it's basically the size of a queen air mattress <laughs> and uh michelle and i got it for camping it is a game changer it's a queen it size? is a queen but it, how tall uh it's That's probably it's probably this this high no but i mean like head to toe like length that's my oh, issue I, yeah. I have i have length issues yeah you might have an issue with that's that the problem yeah wide is fine but you could go diagonal but you don't want to go diagonal. Yeah, the hypotenuse methods. Yeah. yeah. That's what Philistines do. You don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. No. Filthy Philistines. Right. <laughs> but yeah, the coffee, mountain coffee's good. Got to have the coffee. You got to have like, yep. you know, all of the little accoutrements to just take the edge off. Because yeah. why not? You know? and You're there hey, for the kids, not for for survival no like, like not trying to prove anything dude I, so i go backpacking that's when you rough it that's when you're like everything is it's part of know, the fun. freeze dried and you just add water and heat and you just kind of eat it and you yeah just, you know i'm not eating this for taste i'm eating this solely for calories that's it yeah surviving yeah so I, we can get to the next destination and not die like okay then you can do that camping or um summer camp high school summer camp no no i'm gonna i'm gonna bring and i'm gonna have the stash in my truck for when I run out, you know, snacks. Oh yeah. Why not? Come on. <laughs> Come on. Especially as a leader. Yeah. That was a fun camp. I remember I had, I, a good camp. I had, what was that? 96. No, not 96, 2016. <laughs> 16. Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. That was a good time. Yeah. Really good time. I love your good. church. I, I do. I love your church. I love my church too. Yeah. That's there's a good some, thing. It's some great, just I don't know. We hit a we hit a good, uh, a good patch. I don't know. It, it's just been. What's what's the word I'm looking for? Um, it's gone by fast. Seven years. I think that's what it is. Uh, six. Yeah, six. Uh, yeah, about in about a month from now. Okay. A month and a half. It'll be six years. I've been, I've been going there. I'm really, I'm selfishly pissed off because, you know, so I'm going to be on sabbatical this summer and uh, I start sabbatical like June 8th or 10th or something like that. Right. And then I go eight weeks through like the first or second Sunday of August. Wow. So (laughs) you're going to go from quarantine to sabbatical. (laughs) Yeah. And so. Wow. Um. I was, I was stoked because I, because you know, one of the things we're, and we were, well, a lot of it's now changed, but we were going to do some traveling and stuff and, and, but I was like, Hey, when we're home, you go to resonate, we're going to resonate. Yeah. We're hanging out with the res, with res family. (sighs) Maybe not. And now that's not going to happen. Well, so (sighs) it's hard, it's hard (laughs) to say. I don't know. Oh, dude. I, I think I think the digital church is what we're doing for the summer, bro. Yeah, like, we're we're not doing kidsmen for the summer. Oh, really? Yeah, that's probably not the worst thing in the world. Again, we can't do it until Fremont School District is having classes, and that makes sense. We can't do it. That makes but sense. But big church, 
it'll probably come back in, in just weird smaller doses. We'll probably keep the online element, but just do a lot of, you know, eight services a week mm-hmm. spread out, yeah. you know, with disinfecting with 200 people at a time or a yeah. hundred people at a time with yeah. disinfecting UV light wands everywhere mm-hmm. like that. I don't know. Yeah. Wild man. Yeah. It's crazy. Who would have thought, you know, I, part of me is so frustrated by all this. The other part of me is like really fascinated by it. Mm-hmm. Like what's going to happen? Mm-hmm. Like, it's so weird. Like, I, I think, <laughs> you know, eventually when we get back to normal again, yeah. whenever, whenever and whatever that is, um, you know, we were talking about earlier about people, how there's going to be a big sector of people that just are going to be very uncomfortable being in groups again, yeah. or just being in, in tight quarters groups, even like something like church, you know, sitting next to a stranger, right? you know, um, but I'm. I don't know. I don't know if you guys have had any conversations about this, but I'm very curious and I'm very interested to see what the church looks like after this. And one of the things that I've been I've been curious or thinking about is like or let me put it a little differently. So, I feel like this is a golden opportunity. Like it like it sucks hmm. and we'd we'd love to be together. But I feel like this is a golden op- opportunity to think to yourself, okay, so so right now we can't really do anything. <laughs> right? So and we're not going to be able to just like press play, you know, September 1st and go back to do ever doing everything that we were doing. No. But even if we could, should we should we go back to yeah. Now, you and I go to very different churches, right? Your church is uh not even a decade my church is 65, 68. We're, we're changing old. junk all the time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and um, my church is not that way. I'll put it that, put okay. it that way. Right? Um, and, and there's good things about that. And there's yeah. some very challenging things about yep. that. But yep. but the point is, I like for for any church, whether you know yours or mine, older or young, I feel like this is a golden opportunity for the church to say, for the church to be able to go back to the essentials of what it means to be the church in a fallen pagan world right you know like i so a church like mine this might get me in trouble but a church like mine we have fluff like we have things that we we, every church yeah yeah you're just not just yours redwood people don't worry (laughs) like you know fluffy churches everywhere (laughs) i'll I'll put it to I'll, i'll make it safe Ours got in, fluff. We in got fluff. my opinion, there are things that our church does that are just fluff. You know, they're yeah. just they're extra things. They're things that like, right? Are, like, I'm not gonna say they don't matter, but they're just they're extra things, and we don't need to be doing them. But in whatever church, whatever fluff that a church has, they are things though that take up time and resources and people to do them, which oh, yeah. means that they're not doing the whole make disciples and teach them to obey all the things that I've commanded you. Right. Right. They're not doing the love your neighbor as yourself. They're not doing justly and mercy and loving mercy and, and walking humbly, you know, because it takes calories to do those other things. Right. So, so if we, in my mind, it's okay. When we all come back together, whatever that is, I think people are just going to be so excited to be back together. Yeah. That maybe they'll be okay if the fluff ain't there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that maybe they'll be okay if 
if that thing that used to that maybe was meaningful but is it what we should be doing you know is it is that you know oftentimes i say okay this is something yes this is what we're doing or this this thing that i'm doing and i'm i'll, I'll just say it in my in my personal life this thing that i'm doing right now it's not a bad thing right but it and and it's and it might be a it might technically be a good thing but is it the best thing yep is it the best thing that i could be doing right now and i just think with so many people who are asking questions of the state of you know the, the mm-hmm. division that's in our country the 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 the, the 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 state of the world and sickness like i think as christians we ought to be at the forefront of of offering mm-hmm. and giving and and teaching hope and 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 showing what what the gospel looks like and i just i i, I yeah. think that's where really where we need to be putting our calories because yeah. you know um like the fluff ain't bad, but it I'm just not sure it's the best thing that we could be doing. You know? Yeah. So I think this is a great opportunity. And I'll be honest, you know, I'm part of me is glad that I'm I, I really want to be a lead pastor one day. Uh, I think, you know, side note, like I really want to be, and I th- I think God's wired me that way. I'm not and uh, right I'm not I'm not right now and right now I'm kind of glad I'm not a lead pastor. <laughs> like I think about Ryan and I'm like oh my gosh uh, brother like you guys just moved into this building and now you're not there. The, God, tell me talk about, it. about a letdown, bro. Like That's hard. Like not even probably not even having staff meetings and stuff in there nope. or Zoom like oh man. Yeah. You know or even my pastor who is uh is like we have our congregation, you know, just just trying to help our congregation, you know, stay positive and, and you know, and he's guiding and directing all of us and and in this weird time where there is no hmm. manual, there's no there's no thing that you get out and go, "Oh, when there is a worldwide pandemic and you can't meet as a church, <laughs> here's what you then do. here's what you do." Or here right. are seven things to choose from. And like that doesn't exist. That doesn't exist. And so like I'm watching my pastor just going like uh snarkily snarkily sure hey it's your show yeah make up a word snarkily snarkily i think man <laughs> man i'm glad i don't have his job but then at the same time i go brother dude how do i help you how do i support you yeah you know yeah cuz like uh, like how how do, how do you how do you lead when you can't because part of leadership is demonstrating it's serving it is, you know, going after people. It's, um, you know, setting example, and a lot of that has to happen in person. Yeah, and you can't do that right now. You can do it on a screen. It it's a a sad facsimile. It you can't right over a screen. No. Yeah, it's not. It's there's not only the same. there's a, there's like this small percentage of what I think you can. In, you can effectively do compared to like the in-person compared to, yeah. you know, boots on the ground kind of mentality. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I think there, there will for sure for, a, I think a long time people will say that there was a before and then there was an after mm-hmm. and it, it's going to be different for sure. Cause I, I can, I can already picture it a year from now. Oh, before the shutdown, we did this, but after we did this, mm-hmm. we started doing that, and I think it 
it's going to be different whether we're intentional about it or not. Mm-hmm. But I think mm-hmm. our our challenge is to try to try to sit in this spot, but put ourselves ahead and think like, yeah, what are the opportunities? Mm-hmm. Like this is a really good chance to relaunch this or to mm-hmm. restart that or maybe just not or to cut just not start that again mm-hmm. you know so i think yeah it, it's probably really healthy for any church to just sit down with their people and say like okay let's put everything on the table mm-hmm. do we want to do that did that work mm-hmm. did it not work because i think even people who are really attached to their specific thing that they love that you know Having not done it for a couple months, this is the best time to talk to them about it. Mm-hmm. You know, like how you doing without and 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 what's great is we all have those things. Oh yeah, we all have those things that yeah. we think. I mean, I know I have a ton of things that I think are totally essential, and they're not. Yep. Uh, but that's a great that's a great word. Gathering some people and saying, "Hey, you haven't had this thing for a few months, yeah, or a year. What do you think? God forbid. But you know, you haven't had it for a year. Yeah." How you doing? You still okay? Jesus still on the throne? You right. still Exactly. Still got that Holy Spirit in you? Dude, that's this is what I talked about with with Lida, the last guy I had on was I like him. He's a cool dude. I like him. I've met him one time. Yeah. One time. And is he's one of those guys that I get to watch from afar and I'm like, I like that guy. He's a cool guy. Yeah. Anyway, this is what we were talking about is we we as as church staff folk, we love to think that God's will is dependent on our efforts. <laughs> we love that. And and I I think if if you honestly sit down with anybody, we'll say, "No, no, no, we don't believe that. We yeah. fight against that. Yeah. We don't want that. Here's here's the proper theological foundation to do ministry upon and we suppress this need to be the kingdom of our okay. But right now, guess what? Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter where you are with that. You're not you're not there. You're forced to to be in the background of your own thing, mm-hmm. you know. And right, um, I'm I'm honestly like just praying that I can be tuned to see all of the ways that he's actually working, just as much if not more, in my absence. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, right. Like how what a prideful thing it is to say, oh God, I I trust you. Like with with my ministry, I'm like get out of here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. who am I? Yeah. He, he does not need me. Here, God. So here's what's gonna happen, God. I'm gonna step away, but I just need you to keep blessing, and I yeah. just need you to keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, God. Like, hopefully, you can keep it going. Yeah. You know, while I'm not. There. Oh my gosh, we're hey, so prideful. It's I want ridiculous. you to stop going down this road because I feel the conviction like starting Ugh. to tighten around my soul, and so you know, I, I don't want to get uncomfortable. I told you, I'm a man who Ugh. likes comfort and security. And this is not the conversation for me. So I've gotten a couple of messages from parents whose uh, grade school kids have accepted Christ in the last five weeks. Dude. And Dude. it was not while watching my <laughs> video. <laughs> no, because I checked. <laughs> it was doing like just the, the grown-up uh, little devotion that sure. they send out. Yeah, It was just like a random conversation in the morning, you know, mm-hmm. with a, a kid and his dad. And that's happening and I was like dang it yeah God like, doesn't need you he doesn't yeah but what I'm what I'm grieving then or what I'm choosing to grieve is that I am at this point 
not able to play the role that I'm mm-hmm. that I enjoy playing. Mm-hmm. That I'm I'm a little bit removed mm-hmm. from what I believe my calling is, and I'm trying to fill it in other ways and using whatever opportunities. But you know, I'm I'm exercising that that muscle of like, it's not your thing. Yeah, let him do his thing. Yeah, you're. If if you can do church there, great. Do it. Do your best. Yeah. Pour everything you have into it. But if you can't, sit back and watch what he's going to do. Yeah. He's the sovereign. Yeah. He's going to do it. I think that's. I think that's a. There's a certain level. Uh, that's a dumb way to say it. There's a high level of comfort and peace that comes from accepting the fact that God is going to do what He. Yeah. Is going to do. It should give us comfort. Right? It should. Well, it, yeah, it should. <laughs> yeah. It sh- it should. You know, the 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 sinful, prideful part or the the selfish part is yeah. Oh man, I really wanted it to be on a Sunday morning when I was doing my yes. doing, giving my talk. Yes. Couldn't it be like that's one thing. So so like window into my soul right now. Yeah. So I'm going on sabbatical, right? And uh um so my so you know, we moved everything online, right? Right. And it, this weird thing is that the views that we're having for our, our teaching and stuff mm. are way higher than they should be. Hmm. Like, we don't have that many people in our class. And interesting. Most of the people in our class are married watching it with their spouse, which means. So it's two. Yeah. Which means. Four, some, four eyes, one view. Yeah. Yeah. And yet, just the number of views. Interesting. And so, okay, so this is all happening right now, right? And I'm and I'm thinking, well, we're riding a wave right now. Hmm. I don't want to step off that wave in June, like, because oh, yeah. if I because st- if I'm not there, <laughs> finally something's working. <laughs> finally something's working. If I'm not there, giving my yeah. excellent teaching and leadership to this group, yeah, what are they gonna do? What are they gonna do for eight weeks? You know, like, hmm. and so so like that's been. Gosh, and you can you can hear like the pride muscles flexing in in me right now. Yeah, you know, but that's like, true. That's what that's, I've been. That's what I've been wrestling with. Yeah, um, the last probably the last three weeks is, you know, so like my thought was, okay, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna put together like this this awesome thing. I'll record all these videos and I'll have them set on YouTube so they just broadcast and mm. so it can still ready ready so it can still be me yeah that they hear on sunday mornings for eight weeks that i'm gone and you could be the one that they text and that, say thank you yeah thank you so much for your dude your message isn't that i mean isn't that just like <laughs> that's awful yeah. you know that's just so awful and and to be to be perfectly fair i may still record all those like and just and put them on youtube i, I may yeah. end up doing that well you you can't go to the extreme and say well i shouldn't do ministry yeah shoot yeah well, I mean, I, I still do have a responsibility. You're to called. Shepherd. You're called. Exactly. Yeah. But I mean, it's you know, so like you know, I I may still do it, but it's just interesting. Just the mm. enemy, the the enemy. So, do, do you guys do enneagram at your church? Yeah. Okay. We, we we did it as a staff. Okay. Some we, people are all about it. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't like it. I'm not all about <laughs> it. I, I'm not all about it. I think it's interesting. I think there's aspects of it that I go. Huh. Okay. Hmm. Well, I guess that makes sense. Um, yeah. I'm not going to build an entire theology around it like some people right. do, but right. you know, all right. So, <laughs> I didn't like it because it was too accurate. <laughs> I was like, no, don't tell me what I'm I not. That. No, I'm not. <laughs> uh. 
So Enneagram says, and I don't remember what number it is, but it says that that in my in my best and worst time, I like attention, and I love I love it when people you know go ooh look yeah. look at him you know <laughs> and that's that's good because I can handle the according to the test and this is not me I'm just saying that based on my personality that I can handle it but yeah. the same but the negative part is that I really like it uh, and yeah. so the last like I said the last three weeks it's been huh. um, should I should I just do something should I, I do I need to just let this go and because the the you know and the I justify it and I go well we've got all this momentum right now and yeah. I don't want to step away and then for eight weeks and then I come back and there's only seven people in the class you know right but then like that's like God needs me to be here if he's gonna do his thing he needs me to be here you know and that's just not true yeah dude you talk about transparency like that's that that is a window into my soul the last three weeks well I, and it. <laughs> Dude, it seems like, like you're never a hundred percent anything. You know, it seems like that's always, that's always in there. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, yeah, I find that that gets triggered on either end of it, either through criticism, you're like, hey, that's my that's my baby you're talking about, you know, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. through praise where it's like, I want that, mm-hmm. like this is yeah, I did that, and. Uh, there's this idea that we steal glory from God when we do that. Mm-hmm. And I've heard that a lot of times, and, and I I don't feel like that's actually true. Because I think Scripture says God will be glorified. I think what we're doing is actually we're shortchanging ourselves. Mm. Because when, when I'm busy looking at me, I, I totally miss out on actually seeing like what he's done Hmm. the real the real fruit Mm -hmm. of of what i've been a part of Hmm. like i'm looking at this little this little ugly pride nugget (laughs) you know over here yeah when this this mother load the the treasure in the field is being dug up in front of me and i'm i'm over here looking at my own little thing i think it's just we're not stealing anything from him I think we're just shortchanging our our own. What what you could be seeing, you you could be stepping. I have this picture. It's uh, in my office, and it's a it's a picture. So my senior year of high school is um, uh, when Billy Graham came to the Bay Area. Do you remember that ninety seven fall of ninety seven? I wouldn't have cared back then. Oh okay. Well, it's a mosquito. If you did care, <laughs> so he came to the Bay Area. He did a thing in San Jose, San Francisco, and, and Oakland. And my youth pastor was like one of the organizers for the the wow. Oakland whatever. So he comes to me and he says, "Hey, I got a job for you. I want you to introduce DC Talk and Billy Graham in at the Oakland Coliseum." And I went, "Sign!" I'm a whoa. Yeah, I'm like, "Sign!" Cool. Me up. And so I go up and I'm like. What's up, Bay Area? You know, I'm like, and everyone's like, ah, you know, and, I'm, and I, 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 in that moment, I'm just like, ah, oh. in the, I'm 17 years old, right? And I got I have power. I have there in the palm of my, I could start a riot, right? You know, whatever. A wave. So I've always wanted to start a wave. Oh, Let's geez. get it going right there. Go. So many things I could have done and didn't do because I was just wetting my pants with excitement. Yeah. So anyway, so what they do is, so they, what they asked me to do though is they said, when you're done. Like go down, enjoy the concert, and then you've got the special pass 
come back up on the stage so you can be on stage. Get this when... straight. There you go. What was I doing? Oh. You were you were in the bucket. Sorry. There you go. <laughs> you can be. Oh, that's Ooh, much see better. That? That's hello. nice. Hello. Why hello there? Why hello there? <laughs> you can be on stage when Billy Graham's teaching. Whoa. When he does the and then when he gives a uh, altar call. That's cool. So there's this picture of me, and I'm standing there next to Billy Graham. And I remember exactly what was happening at the time. It's when thousands of people are responding to the gospel. And rather, and, and I'm standing there, and I have my head cocked to the left like this. And you know what I'm looking at? Yourself on Myself the jumbo. Myself on the jumbo. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> And and here's the thing, like I have a vague I have a vague memory right. of of the people walking down. I have a vivid memory of myself in the jumbotron next to Billy Grant. Wow, you know what I mean? That's funny. And and so oh so you, you said it perfectly. How much more awesome would that memory be? Yeah, seeing the work that God had done. Yeah, bringing those hundreds and thousands of people down to respond to the gospel. Yeah. And that would have been my memory rather than right. myself. And so I think you're, and God got the glory there. You, like, you can't take it. From I'm not, him. I can't take that from him. But no. there was a moment where you missed out. I missed it. Wow. I missed it. You know, that's cool though. Standing with Billy. Yeah, that's neat. <laughs> that's neat. I didn't even know he was there. I was like, I was so enthralled. And this is the way the picture looks. I'm so enthralled with myself up on the jumbotron. <laughs> Billy's actually in the picture. He's walking this way, and I'm about to like go like this, and he's like right here in my face. Yeah, <laughs> stupid. It's funny. Yeah, I got to sit next to Rick Warren. Really? Yeah, at a exponential. Did you get to talk to him? I think so. I think I did. Just like it was like he, someone was talking. I think Quan was doing like a main stage thing. And I do was you guys go there. by last names at your church just to make to well, differentiate? I do. You do because I'm Weber, so I fight back. I call him Quan. <laughs> I, <laughs> my, I can respect that. It's my subtle. Yeah. Like, all right, if 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 I can't be Ryan, no one can. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he knows that I do that. If he listens to this, he knows now. But. Um, yeah, we were sitting there. I'm yeah, gonna start and, calling and him Quan too. Like some people have, it's <laughs> catching on. But um, yeah, and like two seats down, just this guy, you know, sits down, and we're gonna watch the thing. Yeah, yeah. And I, I looked, and I was like, "Is that like I don't know?" Some people look different, you yeah. know. I've only seen him like on TV. Sure. The, you know, swearing in of a president or whatever. Yeah. And I was like, "Dang, that's him." Yeah. And he looks over. How's it going? Yeah. I was like. It's good. How yeah. you doing? <laughs> when was that? Was that was that when when I went down with you guys in 2016? It could have been. Yeah, I remember. It, it was at th- it was a Mariners Church. Yeah, I think he spoke there that weekend. Yeah, he did. Yeah, and he like sat on a stool and just yep. like talked whatever popped out of his head. And yeah. It was genius. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. That was it. So I think yeah, it was later that day or earlier that day. Yeah. Okay. And I, rem- I remember, like, I've never been, um, I've never been really impressed by humans, even famous ones. And I've, I've bumped into famous people. Yeah. And yeah. But him, I was like, wow. 
Like there he is. That's a he's a person. He's an actual. He t- he's talking to me. He said, "What's up?" Wow, <laughs> shorter than I thought he'd be. That's so neat. Yeah. Wow, that's Rick Warren. Look at that purpose-driven <laughs> guy right there. <laughs> I, but we talked about some things. I don't remember what we talked about. But yeah, yeah, just small talk, like conference talk. Um, here's a funny story. My cool. my dad is. He he loves to. We're very similar in this way. Where if if I can if I can get someone who thinks they're like they're all that and yeah. knock them down a little bit, I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> so he was a fireman, and he was really involved in like fighting uh, wildland fires, and so he would go down to L.A. when L.A.'s on fire, Every and he'd, year. he'd be one of the guys that is figuring out like who to bring in where, sure. which resources, whose government this, and your state that, your city this, come here. And so he's the guy that a lot of times the if the news wants to know, hey, what's going on? They go that. And so he's in the command center. All the roads are blocked off forever. No one's supposed to be anywhere around here. And this news van pulls up and out pops none other than Geraldo Rivera. Shut up. <laughs> yeah. That guy gets everywhere. And my dad's looking at him like... <laughs> Why is he here? Everything is on fire. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're not supposed to be here. Yeah. But he knows the only reason he's here is because he's Geraldo. He's Geraldo Rivera. And every every checkpoint he went through, he's like, I'm Geraldo Rivera. Let yeah. me, you know, he, like. Wasn't it crazy, like, in the 80s and 90s or early 90s, that was just kind of, like, his thing. He'd, like, stick his mustache into something and, like, he, yeah. he could get into anywhere. He would do it. And yeah. th- that's exactly what he did. Yeah. So my dad is like, no. Turned him around. No. Oh. <laughs> he he did the interview, but he pretended the whole time to not know who Geraldo was. <laughs> <laughs> so so he's like, yeah, hi. Uh, <laughs> what's your name? And he says, I'm Geraldo Rivera. He says, okay, Harold, thank you. And I'm like, just this is live on, like, this isn't oh, before, st- you know, whatever. And so he messed up his name three different ways. <laughs> And you could tell it was it was super because a guy like that is oh yeah ego I mean, egomaniac oh my gosh if only you could find a, a wife that would love you uh, the way that Geraldo loves Geraldo <laughs> and and it was just like you could see his oh, his man. perma his perma smile that's so was just funny kinda, <laughs> Geraldo <laughs> it's Geraldo it's my Cheryl. dad's proudest moment is when he. Screw with Geraldo. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I would love to see that video. It's got to be around. It's, it has to be. I should find it. Yeah. Yeah. My dad jacking with Geraldo. That's so funny. That's so good. Just type in, go into YouTube and type in Geraldo, yeah. like <laughs> LA fires or something like that. I bet you. I'm sure, I'm sure you could find it. Or I'm, it's, the tape has to exist somewhere. Yeah. I've seen it since. Okay. So I know it's around somewhere. Okay. I'll find it. That's good. <laughs> Yeah, if people people help me out. Send me the link. That's a good look man up right there. Nick Weber, Geraldo Rivera I'm, interview. I'm gonna go look it up. Uh, Wildland fire or CDF forest something. I don't know. Find it. <laughs> 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 but my mom has it. I bet. Anyway, uh, yeah, that was a good conference. I, I was. I remember you came with us because I haven't seen you for like it's been a while. Two and a half years or been, something like that. Yeah, too long, bro. Yeah, yeah, that was a good conference. Wow. I um, uh, I think one of my main takeaways from that conference was, uh, it okay. You, you know, we talk about knowing yourself. Mm. 
one of my takeaways from that conference, and I remember coming home and, and telling my wife about it right away, was that I, it was when I first really was okay, well, not okay with, but um, realized just how much I value security and uh, knowing hmm. knowing how things are going to be and yeah. realizing yeah. I'm not a risk taker because, you know, exponential is all about, you know, church planting. Right. And I don't know if there's anything more risky than planting a church. And so <laughs> so the whole time I'm there, you know, um, I mean, it was a it was a blessing and, and, and an honor and a privilege, you know, that that you guys were able to take me. And just the whole time there just going. Whoa, I. I didn't realize just how much is involved in this. And, and I just kept like every, every speaker, I just kept processing. Yeah. Could I, could I do this? I don't know if I could do this. I, I think I just really, really like security so much <laughs> that, and then I, and, and then like, I think halfway through the conference was that's a problem. Mm. That's, that's not okay. That's that, that's something that it will get in the way, whether you're planting a church or not, that yep. will get in the way of you, just obeying God, just obeying exactly. and, and carrying out what he wants you to do whenever, wherever, you know, yeah. whether it's planting a church or if it's having a convert, having a hard conversation with a, with a buddy who's in sin, you know, um, like if, if you're, if you have idolized safe safety and security then you're not going to have that conversation right you're not going to you're not going to do those things. right so so i loved it it was it was just great it was great being with your team and and they're pretty uh, cool yeah it was it was cool yeah uh it was it was a blast i'm still upset though that i got left at the hotel on that trip wait what they left me i went we we're all about to leave to go over to the conference center and i went to the bathroom and i came out and everyone was gone i don't remember that i do like <laughs> clearly you do. I do. <laughs> like the first day? I think it was the second day. Yeah. It was in the morning. <laughs> I just remember Will being so sick. <laughs> oh yeah. He was like Yeah. He was like like the first or second day, he was like shaking. He was yeah. he was it was bad. It was really bad. Oh, if it was now he'd be in like like that thing they built around E. T. Remember that? <laughs> yes. Like if you have sh the, if you have you have the shiver shake like, chills, dude. It's like a like an asbestos like where they yeah. have like the negative pressure in it. Yeah, and you're stuff. not going anywhere for oh, years. No way. They, no they way. might just kill you to euthanize you. <laughs> get it done. Yeah. Yeah. We can get the check. That was when uh, man, we got to hang out with Matt Chandler too on that trip. Yeah. 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 He did a little special. He did a little special uh, breakout side secret breakout that's right that's right i remember yeah. what huh. dude and you can laugh at me all you want and i i receive your judgment or your <laughs> you'll uh, get it <laughs> whatever so uh kwan as he's known yes uh, yeah, he goes, this is hey, my show yeah all right <laughs> he says let's take a picture let's take a group picture right and i'm like yeah let's take a group picture and so i strategically <laughs> like kept inching like more and more <laughs> next so i could stand next to matt chandler because i was like i wasn't that's funny because like you okay i'm not a real like celebrity guy either but for whatever reason this just seemed like really cool right yeah that chandler was there and so i kept like trying to so i got to stand next to him and then i realized holy crap he's so much taller than me yeah i so, should stand further away so 
Cheers. I totally tiptoed in the picture. And listen, so, so like, you know, they were like one, two, and I went up, and so I, and then I went down. So, uh, somehow I got a copy of the picture before we got before we went home. That's awesome. So we get home and I show my wife the picture, and she's like, she's looking at it. She goes. <laughs> You're on your tiptoes, aren't you? <laughs> I went, and like it stopped. You know, I was in the back next to him because yeah. he's like eight feet tall, and she so knew. I was, she and knew. she's like, "You're on your tiptoes, aren't you?" And I went, "Yeah, yeah I am." Oh my gosh, <laughs> that is funny. I'll so, have to find that picture. So lame. Yeah. Well, now you're gonna look at it. And you're gonna go. There's that dork in the back who just couldn't let it go. Had to be next to Matt Chandler. <laughs> who's, that bro- be- who's that he broke? Who's that guy? He broke in there. We don't know. <laughs> I don't know that guy. Is that guy on your team? No, <laughs> nope. that guy just showed up. Nope, nope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He was supposed to come back and uh, preach in, in Fremont here. Oh, for... Um, uh, for Yeah, weeks ago. Weeks for our 10th anniversary. Yeah. Which is, oh, that's right. Now it's 10th well, anniversary plus six weeks. Not now. I guess he still wants to come back, but... Just like the birthday thing, it's like the tenth anniversary happened. Yeah, it's like we could still have the party, but it's not. But it's know, not really the same thing. It's not really. Yeah, it's like a birth, summer birthday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not really a birthday. Yeah, you just come back to school and you got older. And you're, and you're a little older. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Yeah, that was a fun. I like the conferences. We haven't been to a, a conference like that in a while. I just, you know, yeah. what I loved? I loved that your whole team came. Like yeah. your whole team came, yeah. Because and oh. I remember, I think like when I think when I I don't remember we left from somebody's house in Fremont, and Angela, okay, yeah. the so, house, so common I, meeting place. Yeah, so I I you know I, I get out and I'm like and I I didn't know all in my mind it was like it was like you were going and Quan was going and Scott was going and Chase was going. And maybe like a couple other people that I was gonna meet. Right. And I got out of my truck and I went, "How many people are going to this thing? Did you bring your whole church? Like that's what it felt like, you know." <laughs> we got into twelve cars and we started going down. Yeah, and, yeah. And like we we brought the interns and stuff, and we brought yep. like you know. Yep. And I tell you what, what I loved about it was like, no, we want to make sure that everybody's on the same page. Yeah. We want to make sure that yeah. everybody on our team knows this is what we're all about. Yeah. Um, which in my mind was like that makes a lot of sense that was good why wouldn't you do that you know yeah so we've that, done that we've done that since um we routinely go to the reno axe 29 con- conference oh yeah pretty much every year that's a good one it's close it's accessible yeah good networking what time of year is that uh it's moved oh i feel like it was uh like an october thing yeah, that sounds right. But then this last year, no, I don't know. I can't do that. Hmm. I don't know when anything is. It happens. <laughs> There's no a, snow. It's not snowing. Yeah. You get so, an email that says, hey, sign up. All right. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Wonderful. Our yeah. executive assistant, she's the master of all those things. Yeah. So we all, we're all like basically children. Yeah. We just, <laughs> when am I going? <laughs> when should I pack? Yeah. What should I bring? That's funny. I don't think about what room I'm in, what car I'm in. I don't. Where am I going for lunch? I don't. Just park yeah. me in front of food. Just, it's, yeah, that's here. all. Stop asking questions and eat these ribs. She's oh, great. Okay. We go to this place on the way there. Uh, uh, what it's called the Squeeze Burger. Okay. The Squeeze Inn. Up on eighty. 
There's two of them, but we go to the older one, the OG one. Okay. And they 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 do the cheese skirt on the burger. Yeah. So they cook the burger, and then at the end they just dump a handful of cheese on it, and it makes this cool like. So there's cheese, crispy cheese coming out everywhere. Sounds awful. It makes the whole conference worth going to, <laughs> just for just for that burger. You're not even there yet. Like I'm glad I came to this. Yeah, I'll be, f- <laughs> dude. This made it right here. Yeah, yeah. It's awesome. Yeah, that's so cool. Um, I don't know how long we've been going for. I think we're at the two plus hour mark here. No way. Yeah, nine thirty. Is it really? Holy cow! Not for our listeners. It's whenever they want. It's the beauty of podcasting. I feel like everyone's hanging on the whole time. I'm sure. You know, well, people do it in dribs and drabs. Yeah, they'll put it in the car. They'll listen to the same show for like two weeks. Yeah, on their commute. Well, that's why it's so hard to listen to Rogan because it's like, <laughs> who has three hours to sit and listen to? And and like, I know, do. I, I'll eat up a show a day oh, when yeah. I when I'm trucking. Just put it on. It's true. Well, you have three hours. Yeah. Like he just talked to Elon Musk. What was it yesterday? Yeah, I really, yeah, I really that, want to hear that one. It was good. Was it? Yeah, it was good. I really want to hear that one. He's an interesting dude. I always think, see, so this is this is the way my brain works. Whenever I'm driving south on 880, I always think, I bet he's there. I drive by Tesla, I'm like, he's probably there. He's probably there. He's probably there. I, sh- I should probably turn to turn my head. I'm driving south. I turn my head to the left. Uh, see if I can see him. He's probably I, there. I've never seen him. He's probably there. There's a guy that goes to our church. I won't tell you who it is, but he has very frequent one-on-one, like, Tesla strategy meetings with him. Hmm. Wow. Just saying. I know a guy who knows a guy. Did didn't I meet his kids at camp? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you did. Yeah. Yep. That's the guy. Yeah. I haven't got a car out of it yet. Dude, working on that. Either you're doing something wrong or something's wrong. I got to sit in a busted up one at behind the Tesla shop. Really? Yeah, that was fun. Like what do you mean busted up? Like somebody dropped it or something? No, like they they crash test them. Oh. And they put all the the tested ones out in the back. You know, I was bringing machinery there. Sure. It's like all these busted up Model S's everywhere. You're like, well, it's like, cool. <laughs> so I found the worst looking one and sat in it. Nice. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, all right, man. Well, I think it's, I think it's time to wrap this up. Sounds good. I think dude. we did good. I'd, I'd love to just ask you the, the standard questions that, that I love to end on. Um, just for you, if, if you had to put this into words, being a church kid, yeah growing up having this this college experience being in ministry for 17 years whatever what about the gospel and what about christ has been so beautiful in your eyes that that you would devote as much of yourself to just his calling as you have what keeps you in it I think what keeps me connected, keeps me in pursuit of Jesus, what keeps me desiring to continue to grow and whatnot is the very, very simple fact. And it's the very simple fact that that Jesus loves me in spite of Hmm. all of my faults all of my weaknesses, all of my blind spots and all the things that I, in all of the ways I'm going, I am going to drop the ball. Yeah. Um, 
in spite of all of those things, Jesus still loves me mm. and, and loves me not like, oh, it's okay that you've sinned, but right. wants me to be, to be the best that I can be. And, and which sounds kind of like you know inspirational poster kind of thing with a kitten hanging on the, the window. Best. You Go. know, but I think it's in a gym somewhere. <laughs> I think I think the fact that and and this and again I think this is a, this is a podcast for this is an episode for another day. Mm. But in spite of all that's going on in the world, in spite of the the hardships and sufferings that that I and, and my family are, are going through in certain ways, that there is a hope beyond this life. Yeah. That there is a promise of a fulfilled life. You know, I, I, I love, I love stories and I love, um, like I love, I, 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 I weep every time. So, my kids this last year we listened to on the way to school we have like a 20 minute drive 20 25 minute drive to school um, okay because they go to we live in hayward but they go to school in dublin because my wife teaches there in dublin so it just makes it easier blah 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 blah, long story so we started listening to the chronicles of narnia and Mm. uh you know children's stories you know right um, great stuff and i always weep at the end (laughs) of the last battle yep when just the way that Lewis, you know, um, allegorically or, or just in the way that he describes the children coming into a new Narnia or, a, you know, mm. and they and that it keeps getting better and better and that all of the wrongs that were all, all of the wrongs of, of previous worlds and lives are all made right again. And yeah, and it just continues on further and further. And 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 I just I remember the last I, we were heading 580 east. Uh, we had just passed uh, Eden Canyon exit, Polymeris exit, and yep. we were about halfway between there and uh, Foothill in Pleasanton. Okay. And I'm just weeping. Like, we're, we're driving huh. by Raw Ranch, and I'm weeping my eyes out, just thinking thinking about that one day hmm. all of this will be gone and over and done with, and it'll be made right. Yeah. And it'll be made right because of Jesus. And the sins in my life that I hate, Eight hmm. will not be a part of my life anymore. That the the brokenness of this world will pass away, and that and not just one day, but that that can begin to be you know the way that Jesus talks about it in the Gospels is that there's this overlap between the kingdom of heaven then or someday and the kingdom of heaven now, hmm. and that we live in the overlap now, right, and that that kind of kingdom living that we look forward to is also possible in some, in some ways now. Yeah. And so, Mm. um, you know, I, you know, I, I mentioned, you know, just kind of my, I didn't use these words I should have, but I meant, you know, I, I went through a a lot of years of self-righteousness of just thinking that I, uh, I was the poop. And, uh, um, but I've learned, but what in his mercy, God has shown me that my righteousness is not, 
what's necessary, but the mm-hmm. righteousness of Christ and the righteousness of Christ is so sweet yeah. and comforting and heavy. And I just, so I'm now in a, I feel like I'm now in a place where I maybe once was, I don't want to sin cause I don't want to make God mad. Hmm. It's now God's changed my heart in such a way where I want to, I want to do what's right. Cause I, cause I want to be right. And I, because I know it'll make God happy. Not because I don't want to piss God off. Yeah. But because I know I want to please him, my heavenly father. So not quite a simple answer, but um, that works. It's very much kind of what drives me. Yeah. And knowing that when I make dumb sauce, stupid, sinful mm. choices, it's not the end of me. Right. So. Yeah. So what do you think is next on a list for you? Like, what are you? What are you looking forward to? Or what is where is where is he leading you right now? That's a better question. Well, you know that question of what does a church look like post COVID. Yeah, and I've been, like I said, I've been chewing on that a lot. You know, I mentioned, um, I mentioned just a desire to be in a in a um, uh, in a in a senior leadership position at a church. Yeah, but not not pushing that or not um, not forcing that. Yeah, um, not like you know using my current position as leverage for another position. You know, in fact, um, you know, I used to like check job boards and stuff, mm. and then about. A year ago, or no, six, I don't know, I can't even, I don't even know how much time has passed. <laughs> it's a time warp. But, uh, uh, and my pastor knows that, like, I just kind of, that I've, that I have this desire, and he's okay with that. That's yeah. what makes him a great man. Uh, God told me to stop looking. Huh. So I want you to stop looking, and I want you to just be focused on what you're doing. Stop looking. I was like, oh, oh, oh okay. Um, hmm. So, um, I, I feel like that is on uh, like the 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 trajectory, um, but uh, right now I just want to be faithful in what God's called me to, and and like I said, just chew on that question: What do we need to do to make you know to to continue to hmm. to thrive as a church and thrive in maybe new or different ways or better ways post COVID nineteen? Yeah, I think that's a pretty wise way to look at it. Yeah, yeah, because I. I think the worst thing that the church can do is once we can all get back together is to press play and just go back to what we were doing. Yeah. You miss, you miss an opportunity. I I think that would be the worst thing we could do. Mm. So right on. Yeah. Dude, we'll have to do this again, please. Yeah. It was good. Come back. Get into those things where we can, we can start talking about our disdain for fat Thor. We can, uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All the things that, you know, are conversations for another day. Or Medium Hulk. Medium Hulk. Right? Oh, jeez. <laughs> the magic of the Wasn't characters. Wasn't that like the fun. worst? It was awful. You had Fat Thor and Medium Hulk. Yeah. That's the worst combination. He's just a big, like a, a really jacked nerd. That's all. Yeah. It was green. And we need jacked guys and we need nerds, but not together. Not at the same time. No. That's the worst thing is a guy uh, who's smarter than you and looks better. And doesn't use it's the it worst for any uh. <laughs> And he didn't even smash anything with No, heck. he didn't. All right. Well all right. very good. Thank you, brother. Thanks for coming on the show. Fun, fun. Give me a little high five out here. That's how we do it. That sucked. 
There we go. I want everybody to know <laughs> that we did just make hand-to-hand contact. Ooh. So. But I'm, I'm going to sanitize thoroughly because I don't know where you've been. Oh, my gosh. I have so many Clor- Clorox wipes <laughs> in my truck. I'm not going to. I might cut off my hand. You know, Jesus, like, if, if your right hand causes you to sin, if your right hand causes you to to, to get into COVID contact, cut Boil it, it. Off. Boil, Boil it. it. <laughs> All right. God bless you, brother. Thank you. All right. Very nice. All right, there you go. Thanks for listening, folks, and thank you so much, Jason, for hanging out. That was super fun. Uh, we got silly. We're going to have him back again. We, I don't think we talked about everything that there is to talk about, so there's there's some more room to grow there. <laughs> but, uh, man, thank you so much, Jason. Just his perspective on uh, just the gospel and just how it applies to him and that, that just kind of scrappy grace, you know, that I'm, I wasn't perfect when I was saved. Uh, I am not perfect now and I won't be perfect later but thank God that God's grace just abounds and uh, I can see fruitfulness in my life but I'm free to just be who I am uh, and be loved Uh, it's gorgeous Uh, so thank you all for listening again uh, if you want to follow the show check it out on Facebook look for the great stories podcast there if you want to get in touch with me you can get in touch with me however you want I don't really care but if you want, you can send me an email at thegreatstoriespodcast at gmail.com. Uh, and of course, if you hear something on this show that inspires you, that encourages you, send it along. Share the episodes. Give it a five-star rating. Help these episodes grow. Help the podcast get out there so that just these stories of the grace of God can be heard. And of course, if you want to be on the show, I want to talk to you. I promise you, you might not believe it. You might not believe me. But you are interesting to somebody, and your interview will get to them. That's my prayer before all these, that just those who need to hear these interviews will hear them. Uh, So do that, all right? Uh, Thanks for listening. I will see you later. Love y'all. Aha, you're still listening. Maybe you knew this was coming, maybe you didn't. Either way, I'm glad you're still listening. Uh, So this is a part of the show where I just kind of talk about whatever, whatever is on my mind after I'm done recording. See, I do the interview, and then I put the music in, and I do the, hey, welcome to the show, and then thanks for listening, and then I sit here, and I just say whatever pops into my head. And since we're all in quarantine these days... Uh, it seems to me that everybody has become an alcoholic. It's amazing. Uh, there's a lot of drinking happening, and I am no exception. I enjoy myself some good wine. I've never got into hard drinks, had some bad experiences with those in college, and just like can't even smell them now. So, not that I'm super righteous or something, but it's not. I'm just not down with the whiskey or the vodka or all that. But I love a good glass of a, of a nice red wine, and that wanted uh made me want to tell just basically the story of how i got into wine is because my family's very into wine uh in the 70s my father's uncle was uh a fresh graduate from school from college i forget i don't know what i think 
UC Davis, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Don't quote me on that. But it, it, anyway, it happened. And he was rooming with several guys who were very, very, very into horticulture. And uh, their goal was after they graduated college, they were going to get funds together. And they were going to try to find a place in the continental United States that would be good for growing really high-level French wine, like a, a Bordeaux. And so they got their, you know, back back then you couldn't do this online. So they had to look at topographical maps and look at uh, sun charts and to figure out, you know, what the seasons are, look at rainfall totals, look at soil composition for all, all these different areas all over the United States. And they ended up finding uh, this one spot in Oregon that basically, according to everything they knew, was the right climate, the right seasons, the right sunshine, the right soil, all that to, to basically make uh, or grow really fine French wine in the U.S. And it's in the Willamette Valley in Oregon. You can look it up online. And there was one specific area in that valley. as a little town that now it's called Dundee. D-U-N-D-E-E. -E. I think they got two E's. And they said, this place in, in the Willamette Valley, we think that that's the spot where like the best wine is going to come out of this little area. And even within that area, they were looking at this one plot of land where the, the slope was right. And, and just according to all their, all their little tweaks and adjustments, they said, we think that hillside, this one hill, is going to create the, the best wine. Like this will be some of the best wine, you know, some of the best like Pinot that you can grow in the States, we think is going to be right there. And so my great uncle, who is not a horticulture major, he was a history major, I believe, or English literature, something like that, or maybe math. Anyway, he wasn't into growing things. He was privy to all their conversations as they're hanging out, and he got this bright idea, and he got on a plane, went out to Oregon, and he bought that hillside, the, the, the prime spot. And then he went back and he told his buddies, he says, hey, guess what? Great news. <laughs> I went and bought that hill. <laughs> and at the time, it was just uh, basically a nothing. It was just a hill. There was no wine growing in Oregon at that time. It was zero people. So this whole thing seemed kind of crazy. So he bought that hillside and he's like, great, I'm going to do it. And oh my gosh, that infuriated these guys because they they were they just felt like, <laughs> like he pulled one over on them, and he kind of did. Honestly, he did. Uh, in any case, you know, over the years, uh, the rest of those guys actually ended up buying you know all the land around that area. Some of them are are still there uh, to this day. They own a big piece of that, and and the Willamette Valley has grown huge, huge wine business. Uh, you know, if you go to Costco or BevMo or whatever, you can find a lot of, you know, Oregon, you know, Northern Oregon Pinots and Merlots and uh, Sangrias and all these kinds of wines. Um, but if you ever see any wine that heralds from Oregon, you can know that my family, the Weber Vineyard, uh, was actually one of the, uh, well, as far as I know, was the first... Uh, to grow uh, a Pinot and, and attempt to make French wine uh, in the United States. There it was. Uh, and all that said, I've taken a lot of trips up there to see the vineyard, and my great-aunt still lives on the property in you know a farmhouse that was built in, like, 
I think it was 1908 or something like that. Um, gorgeous area, man. It's so fun to be up there. Needless to say, I've developed a very fine taste for wine because the, the bottles of wine that come out of that vineyard typically sell for at least $60 up to like 80 90 bucks for a really, really good Pinot. And it's pretty decent. I, unfortunately, you know, I don't get it for free. <laughs> so I can't afford actually to drink the wine that comes from my own family's vineyard. Uh, but on occasion, I'm blessed to go to my parents' house and they crack a bottle open. And uh, yeah, it's good stuff. Believe me, it's good. If you are if you're ever were to get into wine and you want to experience the Weber grapes, please get in touch with me. And I'd be more than happy to have you over. As long as you promise to interview, ah, I'll give you some Willamette Valley wine. Um, all right. So there you go. Uh, cheers, everybody. All of you temporary alcoholics. Thanks for listening. See you later.